at the end of episode nine, we're going to find out that it was all a dream. <laughs> yeah, like Baby Yoda's going to wake up in his crib. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to be like, what am I going to do about this? <laughs> in my best Yoda voice. <laughs> Into the future, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. This episode of Sincast is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema streaming exceptional films from around the globe. Each day, Mubi introduces a new gem and you have one month to watch it. From cult classics to acclaimed masterpieces, every film is hand-selected by experts. Try Mubi free for 30 days at mubi.com slash cinemasins. That's mubi.com slash cinemasins for your extended free trial. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hello! And for Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Hiya! Hiya. People don't use hiya. They don't. Enough. They don't. Uh, we should make it a thing. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo is used more than hiya. Mm-hmm. Hey yo. Yep. Yep. <laughs> usually, usually in reference to somebody doing a joke that's not funny at all. Yeah, exactly. Like the old, uh, Ed McMahon Carson show thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to finish up Washington, D.C. today in our road trip. Road trip! Ooh, shotgun. On the road again. The most time-honored tradition of all, the road trip. Oh, the places you'll go. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. And um, it starts off with our S's and the movie Salt, which I have never seen. Angelina Jolie movie. Really? Have you seen this? Um... Would you think less of me if I told you there were about three Angelina movies in this era that I confuse? One of them being The Tourist, one of them being Salt, one of them being another one. There was a, there's another yeah. one like Salt that I'm... Yes, I, I would not think less of you because I did the exact same fucking thing. Okay. Matter of fact, when I first sent this out, I put Salt, and I usually put notes after, after each entry, I put Jesus. Because <laughs> I, I conflate this actually with like Lucy oh, or stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, and, and wanted is kind of in the same vein yeah. too. Uh, this movie's not bad. Okay. This movie's actually all right. Is she a hit woman? She is the exciting version of what you described Red Sparrow as being. Oh. She is a CIA operative, hence the DC connection. Um, she is working with, um, with the CIA, but then it's kind of, uh, brought out that maybe she's an undercover covert Russian spy. So then she goes over to the Russians and she has a, a like a, a a life there and she basically wouldn't, establishes herself there. Wouldn't undercover covert Russian spy be a better title for the movie than Salt? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because you say Salt and that could just as easily be a drama about apartheid. <laughs> <laughs> what does Salt fucking mean? What does that tell me? She, her name is Evelyn Salt. Well, that's stupid. I agree. I agree. I agree. Is she Red based Sparrow on a real a person? Fucking... No, I don't think so. Then I don't care what her name is. <laughs> <laughs> right? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think she's. they're trying to make it like Born or if something If you were like making that, a, right? a Houdini movie and you called it Houdini, that would make sense. Yes. That name means something to me. Mm-hmm. Fucking salt. I know, man. I know. That's but, actually but this worse is, than Only the Brave. This is a good, that's true. This is a good action movie. It's better than Wanted, I think 
think it's right on the same level as Wanted. I actually like But the it. tourist is also like an action spy kind of thing. Yes, right? and that can eat my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I want to see that. <laughs> that movie sucks so bad. It's Johnny Depp, right? Yeah, it's Johnny Depp. Oh, boy. Uh, but yeah, so this is, this is better than I remembered. And it has a maybe... Like we always say, like one too many twisty, uh, backstabbing, double crossing mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. But it's a spy movie, so you kind of expect it. I'm gonna have to check it out then. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, then we have Scary Movie Three. Fuck. We really <laughs> had to talk about this for DC. <laughs> uh, I don't remember much about Scary Movie Three. Actually, yeah. um, I did see it. Th- I think the only one I haven't seen is Two. I haven't seen Two. Oh, I've you seen, haven't seen Two. I've seen parts of Two. Two's my favorite one, I think. Uh, but uh, but three, I don't remember much at all. But this is the signs spoof, essentially. It is. Yeah, you've got so the first one is the uh, the screen parody. Yeah. Overall, there's all these references thrown in there. Right. But that's the screen parody. The second one is the haunting of Hill House parody. Okay. The haunting parody, and then this is the signs parody. And you're right because it's totally forgettable. It's Charlie Sheen playing the Mel Gibson character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anna Ferris is, of course, in there doing like a, like her continuation of her character. But it really isn't funny. It's the low. It's not the low point of the series. The low point is five, but four <laughs> is funny. That's the War of the Worlds parody. Yeah. So yeah, this is this is not good. I just, it's just sad how I mean David Zucker's name is on this. Yeah. I just don't understand, like, and it doesn't, I don't think he wrote any part of it. No, he just directed it. Pat Proft and uh, Craig Mazin, and then there's like, there's like IMDb credits, the character, people who came up with the characters and stuff. Uh, But, uh, but if you, if you listen to the Zucker brothers and Jim Abrahams and all these guys about how how a joke is constructed and everything you know like these guys really know what the fuck they're doing mm-hmm. and then they make a movie I and mean, he make well david zucker is the only guy on this one but he make a movie like scary movie three or uh, i think superhero movie also david <laughs> zucker did uh you just like what happened here are, are you really that buckled under the studio system at this point where you just can't make your own you know i think he knows a lot of the stuff isn't funny that's how that's how smart that those guys were about joke construction. Yeah, and, you know that's weird because you'd think he's got enough clout, even by this point, to where he can take the reins on it. Um, did you guys see it was a it was a lesser magazine? This is a little bit of a derailment. Did you see the article about or the story about the late night writers and how they're they're completely despondent these days because. They're unable to write anything other than Trump jokes. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, this is like from Colbert, from Fallon, from Kimmel, even from the Daily, the New Daily Show, um, where it's first world problems, basically. <clears throat> but they're writing shit that they know moves moves the needle because the producers tell them it moves the needle, and they can't write anything else. There is no John Oliver type of story that they can fit in a monologue or something like that. It all has to be punchy you know trump is a cheeto type of thing yeah you know and it's funny because i i really like colbert i i just like the way he presents his show and everything i think a lot of his monologues are funny after i read that which is essentially a hit piece it's not very well written it's very one-sided but after i read that i watched it last night and i was like god i got a point like, yeah this is this is just all there is yeah although yeah. Uh, you mentioned john oliver and that is i'm so thankful every week that that show is not 
hammering Trump every week. Yep. Like they're they're not just every episode is not just political. Mm-hmm. Um, they they go after they're trying to expose all kinds of injustice and uh, also happen to be hilarious at the same time. Yeah, and it, they could they obviously could. And uh, you know, you look at Colbert; his show is is skyrocketing when he did this because Fallon obviously didn't do it. He was killing him. Colbert goes all Trump, and you know he's at the the top of the the list. And it's like it. The reason that I'm saying this is because somebody like David Zucker, like, he's funny. He's mm. made amazing shit in the past. Yeah. Like, did he run into a similar thing where it was like, well, we have to do this because that's what mm. makes the money. Airplane doesn't make any money anymore. Maybe he just wanted some free money or easy it money. Could be. <laughs> it, it could, could be well that. Be. But I, I feel like someone I, I've heard I've heard the Zucker brothers and, and Jim Abrams talk a bunch about just joke stuff. And I'm like. If you're on a movie like that, I guarantee you, you probably know how to make it funnier, and mm. you just didn't. Didn't. Um, and so I don't know what the deal is there. Maybe it's just yeah. Maybe it's just that uh, you're satisfied with your life in this at this point. And, <laughs> like, fine, I'll do it. Yeah, scary yeah, yeah I was doing this bullshit. It's fine. Um, Sharknado three. Oh hell no! <laughs> and uh, I've never seen one Sharknado movie. You don't really? need to. Did you see the first one? I saw half the first one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's what we talked about with The Room and stuff like that. I think that there was a healthy balance in that first one of knowing that it's silly, but also taking the material seriously. Mm-hmm. I think that that they weren't as self-aware as they got, you know, at any other sequel. Like, mm. like they knew, like, oh, this is silly and everything. But Tara Reid had no career to speak of at that point. Ian Ziering definitely didn't have a career to speak of. And they were, it, it was sci-fi, I think, that did this. Yeah. And it was enjoyable. Like, everybody took it very ironically and everything. Seemed like they were trying to act, even though they couldn't. Um, and then by the time three comes around, they're, like, shooting Sharknados from space. Well, here's mm. the problem. Mm-hmm. The first one blew up on Twitter. It went viral on Twitter, basically. Mm-hmm. Everybody was tweeting about it. And they 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 did the same thing the rest of us have continued to do, which is to assume Twitter is some kind of representation of the general public. Right. <laughs> and so when Sharknado 2 came out, they were like, can't wait to see Twitter fire up over this baby again. And Twitter was talking about the blue and gold dress or whatever the fuck. Because <laughs> yeah. it moved on to something else. Exactly. But if if all of Twitter is talking about something, that still doesn't mean the general population is talking about something. Mm. It's a lesson I'm trying to teach myself over and over and over again. That's a good thing to remember. It's not, especially when you especially when you think about politics. Do you follow Nate Silver? Yes. Um, so he did a thing the other day where he was talking about, um, like on Twitter, if you were to just take the pulse of Democrats on Twitter, it's all the super young AOC, progressive liberal, uh, but the general democrat voting party is still polling bernie and biden ahead of everybody Mm. uh, because the majority of democrats are old and not on twitter yeah and twitter cannot be taking the pulse of what democrat voters are thinking of doing because a lot of them aren't on there and we make make the mistake of i do this every day we make the mistake of thinking twitter is somehow like representative on a percentage basis of the larger world as a whole. I think the issue, ah, God, we are derailing, but like our president is affecting policy, is implementing policy through fucking Twitter. Yeah, but I'm telling you, like the president has 50 million followers on Twitter. What, right. does, what does that and mean? There's 300 million Americans. Right? Yeah, but, but what does that even mean? Because I know 
at least half of those people following him are Democrats who just want to come in and make jokes under every one of his tweets. Not to mention all the bots, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's not representative of anything. Right. And my life has been better the more I've made that my motto. Because, again, I go day to day. I interact with people at Starbucks, at the grocery. Like, I never have fights with those people. I mm. go on Twitter and say one thing. Here's a picture of my cat. Your cat's too fat. You feed your cat too much. <laughs> Twitter is not representative of the real world. I like it. It's very true. Uh, Shattered Glass, which I thought we had covered, but maybe we talked about it in some other context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But we've talked about it recently. Shattered Glass is a great movie, and mm -hmm. it was playing recently a lot on one of the cable channels. Yeah. Um, this is the best Hayden Christensen you're ever going to see, probably. Probably. Um, and, uh, and Peter Sarsgaard is great in it. Uh, Chloe Seveny is great. This is just a, I mean, this is, this is the type of thing. Okay. So he, you know, he, he faked all of his, pretty much all of his articles that he wrote and they were all very interestingly told and very well, you know, just very well done. And then, and then finally he writes one where another, another publication's like, wait a minute, this, mm -hmm. I, this doesn't seem right. They even try to go to the websites and stuff that this guy is mentioning. And they're like, this, this, this isn't real. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he, the thing that glass is very good at is, is convincing people, even in the face of just like absolute total evidence that he's the victim here yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah. And, uh, and so like, <laughs> There's a whole point where Peter Sarsgaard takes him through like all the places that he supposedly went and everything. And he's like, he, and he's like, I don't know though on that. It was on Sunday. They were open that day, man. I don't know. <laughs> and then he's asking, he asked the security guard, you guys ever open on Sunday to do a, it was a big convention yeah, that yeah, rolled through yeah, yeah. here. And he's like, not that I know of and everything. And then he said, when then we went over to this restaurant and then the restaurant's not open at yep. the time that he says it is <laughs> yep. and everything. Um, you want to just see some just this movie as soon as you start watching it you, you'll wonder where the two hours went. yep it's one of those yeah just, and i think it's relatable because even though most of us haven't done this to this extent i think all of us have had or at least entertained little fictions in our lives sure. and um this is somebody who was so good at it that he built it up and up and up and up and up and then it all crumbled underneath him i i really like watching it um it's fantastic. Yeah, it's a really good movie that I don't think enough people have seen. Probably. Yeah, and Sarsgaard, I think, sneakily steals the show because he's got to play a, a bigger range, I think, of because he's kind of he's kind of a good editor. Yeah, like, he's very protective of his brand. He, he's and frustrated his on all sides because yeah. you've got these office politics of the of the the old editor, Hank Azaria character that that have left that are loyalists to him. Yeah, so he's if he cleans house with glass then he'll be seen as yep. like the the usurper or whatever right this is uh the new republic is that mm -hmm. what the yeah. The, yeah and uh but yeah that the all you know distilled in that peter sarsgaard steals the movie well don't know if it's fair to say he steals it since he is a principal character but the thing is is that he's he's shown as the villain for a good portion of this mm -hmm. and you and uh and i guess I guess you, you as the audience know what you're seeing. You know that Glass forged all these things. He forged, he faked all these, these articles and everything. <laughs> forged Glass. Yeah, nice. Exactly. Um, uh, but, uh, but he, Scar, that's how powerful his character is that even Sarsgaard, you're like, oh, what a dick. Just let him have his stories and so <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> but there's a point where Sarsgaard is talking to 70 and I've mentioned this scene before and, 
Seventy's just like, you know, what are you doing this for? You know, you you just always been against him and all that. And he goes, he uh made up every one of these articles and we we let him do it because he's he's entertaining yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know um god that guy's good yeah he is he, and probably one of the more underrated actors probably his freak out at the end of jarhead mm. makes that movie worth watching all the way to the end yeah because god damn i mean you he went to a place you know you watch barry <clears throat> we'll talk about that at some point uh, where he has to go to a certain emotional place to get a, a true performance. Whatever he, Peter Sarsgaard did to get to that performance, oh, man, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's like chill-inducing. Ooh. Uh, we have a lot of the here. Shattered Glass has very little in in Washington, but we're getting it because we haven't gotten it before. There's mm -hmm. a lot in this S that we're they're just barely in D.C. for a bit. <laughs> uh, the Simpsons movie right. uh, is also one of these. Um, I have a i'm i think i've always been disappointed in this movie mm. i've tried i think much like star wars when the phantom menace came out uh the simpsons movie was something that i i think i felt like i had to say i liked mm. and uh i there are moments in the simpsons movie don't get me wrong i mean when you have this kind of stable of talented writers and everything you know doing a movie it you know there's some great moments in it but man i i ultimately i was disappointed in the simpsons movie yeah it's weird i watched it this was my bachelor party movie so the night before i think um, i was there i think you were uh there were about nine of us my brother was there um and it was opening weekend and we laughed and laughed and laughed mm, that's a good environment to see something yeah like and yeah. i'm like i loved it i don't think i saw it again for maybe 10 years mm -hmm. and that viewing i was disappointed mm -hmm. and then i saw it again maybe a year or two ago and i liked it again mm -hmm. oh yeah. interesting i was gonna ask you guys how many times you've seen it because i've only seen it probably twice yeah and i had the same kind of reaction it's not something like the south park movie where you you know we've watched it dozens of times yeah, right? yeah. it's nowhere near that good. well and once again you have that south park movie was made like a year into its run and the simpsons movie which had long been rumored for just forever uh it was in its 17th 18th mm. season when they made the movie and uh and you can you can tell that there's not much ground to cover anymore uh my favorite part is the tom hanks part yeah uh because they're trying to make it where springfield doesn't even show up on gps anymore yeah uh because it's surrounded by this dome and uh and so like <laughs> there's like a little montage where it shows like these people going towards springfield and it says you are now headed nowhere <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so then then tom hanks comes out and does his like uh whatever government psa type of thing or whatever <laughs> and he's like he's like we're gonna start building all this what is they what are they doing in the area where the dome the dome is they're doing they're making something or they're God damn it! I need to figure this out because he's. Um, it's nowhere near where anything is or ever was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously got its moments, but it's just uh, yeah. I I don't know. There are. I guess I I guess it's not it's not terrible. No, I no. mean, if it was an episode, it would probably be on the better end of episodes. Mm -hmm. But I think because it was a movie, we expected it to be better than an episode, mm -hmm. like South Park was, mm -hmm. and it just wasn't. I do like the um, Alfred um, 
Brooks. Oh, he's yeah, the guy Albert trying Brooks. to convince the president. He's like, we've got five plans for how to handle this. Plan three, plan three, plan three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got this one. He's pushing yeah. for the dome over. And Schwarzenegger's like, I was, I was voted in to lead, not to read. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are laughing about a movie that disappointed us. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's got its moments. Uh, then there's, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. I oh. think, I think you can make an argument that the best scene is in DC of this movie. You can make that of argument. a really, of a really good movie because it's better than like the Staten Island Ferry thing and it's better than the end. Well, you know, all the school stuff is fun. If you kind of start counting the DC stuff from when they're in the hotel mm -hmm. hacking the suit and then he goes out and they're in the middle of a heist, has a fight with the vulture and then all the way through the Washington Monument rescue. I love this movie. Oh, yeah. I, I think I tweeted a week or two ago that uh, whichever one is the best, this one is my favorite MCU movie. This is the only one that I keep going back to. Oh, I've probably seen it 20 times, maybe mm. 25. Mm. I just love it. And it's, it's every bit as flawed as the rest of the MCU movies are to me in terms of I can nitpick, especially oh, yeah. that goddamn airplane at the end. But it's just it, it nails the emotional moments so perfectly. Tom Holland, like every Spider-Man we've had for the last 20 years on film has been great. Yes. But he's the best. I think so. And, you know, it's not even the Avengers tie ins aren't awkward to me hmm. because he's got Tony Stark. Tony Stark is already established as his father figure, right? Hmm. He's, he's desperately trying to get into the Avengers, but he still has, you know, all the school stuff going on. He's super smart. He, we don't have to go through the origin story and all that stuff. Like he's, he wants to be a hero. It's multifaceted. And the Avengers part, I think buttresses it rather than like distracts from it you know well what I mean? yeah it's because he has that ambition but isn't ready for it yet mm -hmm. that's what allows us to sort of experience his journey through this film i i love it ned yeah. is the single best character in all of the mcu <laughs> mm -hmm. i don't care what you want to tell me about groot i don't care what you want to tell me about the guy who didn't have enough pamphlets <laughs> ned is the best mcu character <laughs> the guy who didn't have enough pamphlets <laughs> korg i couldn't remember his name yeah no that was that that was fine uh yeah yeah ned, ned's awesome i love this movie too i hate the ending yeah the ending's not fun yeah, yeah. i i like everything leading up to the ending i like that scene in the hotel in dc it's just it's almost a throwaway scene where where the girl uh lauren um uh, oh the girlfriend i know we yeah, always yeah. forget that his potential girlfriend comes up to him and says hey we're all going we raided the snack machines and we're going down to the pool and all that stuff nothing illicit they're not boozing it up they're not smoking crack or anything like that they're not that we know of they're not penetrating each other or anything like that they're just <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a kid friendly we got snacks and we're going to the pool come join us and he has to make that split second decision to say no and it says a lot about that character it's a i love nostalgic scenes like this because that's kind of it taps into my inner kid same thing with it when they're jumping into the mm -hmm. quarry and stuff like that those little things remind you of like pure days you know what i mean yeah what i like about it is that i would have done the same thing he did only i'm not a hero off to stop crime i was just awkward so i would have turned her down and gone back into my room and watched tv oh really but he has a reason to turn her down mm -hmm. um yeah i love everything about that yep. movie, basically i don't even the flaws mm -hmm. I, I, I love them the potential girlfriend's name is laura harrier laura harrier yeah laura harrier. one of these days it's gonna stick yeah one one same here she's so fucking good in black clansman yeah she's great in that 
then we have uh, St. Elmo's Fire. Now, um, that's a DC film. Yeah, it is. Uh, Joel Schumacher directed this Brat Pack movie, which may have started the Brat Pack, I think. St. Elmo's Fire, is that one? Is that the movie that may have started that whole... I think The Breakfast Club probably did, right? Eh, Breakfast Club, maybe. Uh, which one was the one? I think St. Elmo's Fire has more Brat Pack members in it. Yeah, St. Yeah. Elmo's Fire was 1985. Breakfast Club was 1985. Both of them, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess that makes it makes sense. Um, that's funny. They, It's the same year. It is the same year because that's crazy. They're playing high school kids in Breakfast Club, and then they're playing post-collegiate kids yeah. or adults in St. Elmo's Fire. Mm-hmm. Do you like this movie? I haven't seen it in forever. I haven't seen it since probably 88. <laughs> this, this movie is close to great oh this movie is awesome Ooh. it's better than the breakfast club oh, oh yeah oh, you just Ooh. threw down a gauntlet oh yeah that is a gauntlet. Oh, i'll tell you what i enjoy this more than i do the breakfast club an infinity gauntlet um mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's it's got it's got everything that the breakfast club has like all the intertwining stories and less caricatures the breakfast club that's what always bothered me about that was that they literally say like the jock the the stoner mm-hmm. the princess the mm-hmm. blah 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 there's there's shades of gray as you do when you get into adulthood in St. Elmo's Fire. It's mm-hmm. messier. Some people are on drugs. To me, more gets strung the fuck out in this mm-hmm. movie. Uh, there's people that are throwing their lives away. There are people that are upwardly mobile. And they're all trying to coexist within an existing friendship that they had at Georgetown. And they gather at this bar, St. Elmo's Fire. and Or St. Elmo's. And uh, it, it, that's what I love about it. Now, it is dated... Rob Lowe sports a mullet and plays a fucking saxophone, but it ain't gonna like it ain't gonna translate like perfectly. These MacGruber days. man, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, this is this is a movie worth revisiting. Mm. I love this movie. You may yeah. have to watch it again. Soon. Everybody fucks everybody. By the way, yeah, I like that. Wow. So Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe fucks Emilio everybody. Estevez? Anthony Michael Hall. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But yeah, Andrew McCarthy and like Rob Lowe and uh, and uh, who else is oh Emilio Estevez, all of them. Demi Moore, Judd Nelson, Ali Sheedy, Mary Winningham, Andy McDowell. Mm. But otherwise, it's really good. Okay, yeah, all okay. Right. Uh, then there is Suicide Squad. <laughs> okay, I guess. Well, that's not even what. It's where it starts out. Viola Davis is eating steak. That's Nestle. DC. That's oh DC. my god, yeah, I will a- never forget her eating steak that steak man she chumped she it. is into the steak man just like everybody in that movie is into eating everything the 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 guy who's like high like the dude that's hired to what to uh, look after the girl was it i can't remember i ain't even remember the plot point why they hired that dude oh the uh, military guy yeah the military guy he's got a scene where he's in the in his like hotel room like chomping on oh, some, uh, chicken uh, leg the chicken leg it's like the most i think we call it the most conspicuous chicken leg bite ever yeah joel, joel kenneman joel yeah kenneman. yeah yeah man <laughs> holy shit they were like obsessed with eating in that movie have you seen this movie i don't know if i know i i was on the sin script i yeah, think not since we send it have yeah I seen it. so i've seen it twice you've seen it twice basically yeah. the same here. i wonder there's there's nothing no i mean yeah. i went back to justice league hoping because you guys liked it marginally better than i did and i ended up liking it worse i wonder if I watch Suicide Squad again if there's anything there, but there's nothing. I just don't. There's nothing there. 
No. Eh, yeah, I hated this movie. I hated this it movie. It was really bad. Like, I, if we're actually going to talk about it, I, it's worse than Batman v Superman or Justice League. There's no question in my mind. <sighs> really? Yes, because it's a sloppy fucking mess. Yeah. Yeah. What were they thinking? Plot, tone, acting, Hula visuals. It's all over the place. At least Batman v Superman knew what it wanted to be. Dour, slow, plotting, and annoying. That's the best of the bunch, I think. <laughs> Batman v Superman has ri- because there's been so much shit afterwards. Yeah. It's actually risen in my estimation. And now you have James Gunn uh, part of the sequel. And, is he uh, doing Birds of Prey? Is it Birds of Prey? Mm-mm. He's doing Suicide Squad two, and then he's going to do Guardians of the Galaxy three. Yeah, mm-hmm. wow. And he's going to bring the two universes together, not literally on screen, but maybe we'll have less fanboy fighting if we. All the fanboys have a James Gunn movie they can like. Mm, there you go. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Star Wars and Star Trek people are still after each other. Even Star after Wars J. J. and Abrams. Star Wars people are after each other. God damn. Star Wars is like... I feel so bad for this new Star Wars movie. Can I Can I ask you about the trailer? Sure. Uh, I kind of loved it. I kind of... I, I don't eat, I'm not even going to care anymore until I see the movie. I understand that, but I think that's a good trailer is what I'm saying. It, it got was. me super psyched do to you, see it. Do you think that episode nine is a is a turn around from episode eight and said and everybody and jj abrams is saying fuck you ryan johnson no i think tonally it will be because jj abrams has always been more populist than ryan johnson has right but i i don't think he's going to go out of his way to undo the threads that he did i think just the the, the tone and the presentation is just going to be more Force Awakens than it is uh, Last Jedi. I think he'll continue those those threads. About- At the end of Episode Nine, we're going to find out that it was all a dream. <laughs> yeah, like Baby Yoda is going to wake up in his crib. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to be like, "What am I going to do about this?" <laughs> in my best Yoda voice, <laughs> into the future, I see. <laughs> my binky i need oh my god do you know how like i think the movie would make first off on friday it would make 150 whatever million dollars it's gonna make and then the next day everybody's gone yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're gonna have to fill the theaters with something else i feel like i mean i i will listen to the conspiracy theory that jj was disappointed with all the things ryan threw out in Last Jedi from Force Awakens, mm. like Ray's parentage being important, Snoke. Yeah. Um, and then when he got the chance to do the next one, is going to do the same thing. I, I will listen to that conspiracy theory. I just don't think it's practical at all. I don't think so either. Well, and, and I, don't, I wouldn't understand it myself because ultimately think about who's really in charge of this. Disney is. Yeah. And Disney is uh, not going to sit here and go... Uh, you know uh, we're going to go this direction and now we're going to go i mean i guess that's how i mean they could i guess they i said, don't think they're going to let two directors have a pissing match over one of their biggest properties yeah disney was okay with the last jedi mm-hmm. and they're okay with this n- number nine mm-hmm. it has to be the case yeah i don't think he's going to retcon much at all i think i don't think so either i think I he wants you to think he's going to i don't think you really need to right like what are what are the what are the lasting impacts of last jedi Luke is a force ghost, but like he may as well have been for the entirety of, of Force Awakens, sure, right? Sure. They're they're dwindled to nothing, but you know, that's that's how a new hope started, essentially, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, you know, Leia's found to have powers, but we always knew Leia had powers. Like, there's there's not a whole lot besides Ray's parents and that, Snoke. That, Those and are the Snoke, only two big things. But it sounds like if they're bringing back Palpatine, they don't need no Snoke, right? Right. Well, and the Ray's parents thing can easily be explained off by you know saying that uh, Kylo Ren was just fucking with her the whole time although i still think she's gonna end up being born born of nobodies i think the skywalker in the title by the way road trip to dc um <clears throat> i think the rise of skywalker refers to something else not ray i would think so too by the way i love the font that they use in that anyway anyway we should probably get back to dc yeah sir um then we have stealth <laughs> oh, oh. You, you know what's crazy about stealth this is the next movie that jamie fox did after ray he did <laughs> Swear to God, it no, said he on, did. The, on the fucking trailer like Academy Award winner Jamie yeah. Fox, <laughs> and and complete with that whole that's hot in the trailer. <laughs> that's hot. Oh my Jessica God. Beals in this. <laughs> I think uh, what's it? It's uh, Josh. One Lucas. of those. One of those Josh. <laughs> Josh Lucas. It is Josh Lucas. Yeah, I was about yeah, to say yeah. it's one of those Josh Lucas, Patrick Wilson uh, <laughs> type of actors that they run through a did you guys see this movie oh yeah yeah i yeah. saw it back in the, the day. plane the plane is evil the plane is evil you. and super smart yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> i kind of want to watch it again <laughs> i don't but forgotten about it but man evil stealth plans yeah. <laughs> how could that not be fun <laughs> this came out in of course 2005 yes it did yes it did um i don't remember i don't even remember the plane is evil part I don't remember anything about this movie. I um because 2005 was very cruel to me. Um so the now that you yeah, now that you mentioned that the plane is evil, yeah, I'm like, yeah, that should be awesome, right? Yeah, it's and like it's, how 9000 in an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's not good though. Uh, I remember it was awful. I'm trying to remember what this tried to go up against in 2005 because it was a movie that they were hoping was a big summer tentpole. <laughs> It cost 135 million to make. Oh, it made God. 32 million dollars. Oh my God. Oh, my <laughs> domestically. God. Oh, oh man, Christ. it came out July 29th, It must have been that Ray Prestige they were banking on. They were. People love that Oscar. Let's put him in this movie. It was weird because I thought at that point in his career that Jamie Foxx was going to just take the Prestige shit and just and and run with it because he had been so successful with it. Because uh, Collateral didn't come out too much earlier than this, right? Yeah, it came out the previous year because Jamie Foxx was nominated both times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was nominated for Collateral and Ray that same year. So I figured when I saw the previous, I was like, what the fuck? Uh, So it came out the same week as Sky High and Must Love Dogs. And then what was before this? Oh, oh, that was that that one week where I watched (laughs) everything. Bad News Bears, Devil's Rejects, Hustle and Flow, and The Island. So it didn't really have much competition yeah. charlie and the chocolate factory was the big wedding crashers both of those were still going at the time but stealth was a big summer tentpole july 29th and uh it sucks it sucked and then it dukes sucks. of hazard came out the fall to see it's miserable <laughs> fucking miserable that yeah. fucking year yeah, was whole year was awful <laughs> um then we have syriana and that i don't remember anything about it anymore we no. t- tried to talk about this uh, a few weeks ago and i think we failed we did. Once again, I literally read through this plot, of which it's it's look. I mean, it's it's very very in depth. It's very detailed, and my eyes immediately glassed over. <laughs> I know it's about oil. Clooney is a CIA operative that's supposed to assassinate somebody. 
Matt Damon is tangentially involved with him. Uh, other than that, and Christopher Plummer's like an evil oil baron or something mm-hmm. like that. Other than that, man, like I don't mind very complicated, very intellectual movies like with world affairs, but this lost me. Mm-mm. Yeah, Mm-mm. this this was in an age where Clooney and Damon and all those guys always seem to be in these real weird, quirky, <sighs> trying to be way too serious mm-hmm. type of movies. I don't know, Siriano is in there, and you have uh, um, it was all in that same period of time. Then Mister Goats. Uh, yeah, that was I think in that same uh, that same era. Yeah. But like, he also well, did Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Brad Pitt had oh, Babel. the Good German, the Good German. Yep. Oh God, it's mm. such an awful movie. And then and then he did Michael Clayton, which was good. But um, but uh, yeah, that I, I didn't um, I didn't get into this at all. Also came out in two thousand five. And this is the one where Clooney has won, I guess, his only Oscar, right? Ooh, yeah yeah and i think was it acting that he won yeah for this? his best supporting yeah actor. yeah cool. and he i don't also, remember his performance this was being... what was so confusing he got nominated for acting and then he also got nominated for writing and directing good night and good luck mm-hmm. uh so he was up for a m- bunch of awards like in these completely two completely different movies um the guy's talented and i'm he gave a fine performance in this <laughs> look at me like like he needs me to judge yeah but i don't remember him being I think his performance in Three Kings is better. I think his performance in Michael Clayton is better. Like, I feel like he's got better performances that should be recognized more than Syriana. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, good for well, him and, and everything. And but. Bit, that's the thing. You know, if you, even if you ask the Academy voters, like, <laughs> what did you give Clooney his Oscar for? They're not going to remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it must have been something yeah, good. Yeah, I know. Oh, Syriana. What the fuck? Yeah. in Hawaii. The Descendants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, that's another better performance. My yep. God. Uh, then there is Thank You for Smoking. Um, Jason Reitman. Uh, uh, I think. Yeah, he wrote and directed. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, what do you think of this movie? I've never seen it. Oh, really? Um, oh, could- this is good. This is a... Uh, this is a... Uh, Aaron Eckhart is this, uh, I don't know if you'd say he's a, is he a lobbyist? Yeah, he's a lobbyist. Okay. So yeah, yeah he, he goes around basically trying to dispel quote-unquote myths mm-hmm. about cigarette smoking mm-hmm. and um and so that's the main gist of it and uh, yeah but it's it's got a lot of it's a, it's a really good satire good funny movie and everything the only problem with this movie you're right i love this movie i think it's it's fin- this is a i think a jeremy movie this is very much like up in the air yeah i would oh. think so i mean yeah because well, the, the same Reitman guy thing, but yeah uh it takes an uh, i mean clooney is objectively unlikable at the beginning of up in the air he's just charming same thing goes here for aaron eckhart's character my issue with this movie is that he they redeem him without redeeming him like he just goes on to something else mm-hmm. at the end like he, yeah. he doesn't well at the end he's talking about cell phones yeah, do they exactly. really cause cancer yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> he sits they have meetings and these are the the coolest scenes in the movie with uh i think Another person represents like the uh, the fast food industry. Another one um, does the uh, firearms and stuff like that. And so they call themselves the Merchants of Death. <laughs> and they get together and have dinner and lunch and stuff like that. And they're all like defending indefensible shit. And so that's kind of the crux of the movie. It's very very well done. There and, are a uh, lot of people in it too. Uh, William H Macy, J.K. Simmons, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Elliott's in it. Um, 
Katie Holmes is the um, yeah. uh, the reporter that and there was that big it. rumor back in the day too that uh, that uh, there were supposed to be a sex scene between her and Aaron Eckhart and Tom Cruise said no ah, can't do it ah. or there was a nude scene or something and he said you can't do it that was the big rumor who knows if that's really true wouldn't you what believe does he that care? exactly well yeah that's true well, are we ever are we acting like they were in a loving relationship <laughs> yeah. he was yeah you said katie holmes right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so like there have been plenty of stories about the auditions like prior to their marriage mm-hmm. and all the female stars who definitely went to tom cruise's mansion stayed there for a couple hours and left mm-hmm. like why why were you giving him the benefit of the doubt like he like that was that frustrates me <laughs> there's enough to give tom cruise credit for it doesn't have to be that no yeah Sorry. I don't know. I don't I I all I I've heard that second hand as well. I don't know if that ever really happened. Uh, all right, so maybe cut it. I don't want to I'm I not saying wanna... it didn't. I'm just saying I that I certainly don't know. I would believe it. <laughs> but that, well, I mean, that, you know, there was uh was it he was also uh, hooked up to Penelope Cruz for a while. Yeah. Would have been an interesting Cruz Cruz I'm going to do some digging even if we cut all this cuz there's an actress who has publicly talked about what she thought was her audition well, to be that's the Tom case. Cruise's wife. Mm-hmm. I got to remember who it was. But it was somebody that got called there, figured out what was going on, and didn't want anything, anything to do with it and left. Mm. I'll look it up, and I'll let you know. All right. Uh, anyway. right. But, uh, yeah. Um, then we have 13 Days, which is a great movie. I was going to say, thank <laughs> God. I have never heard anybody talk about this movie, um, and I love it. Yeah. And I think it just gets dismissed as that boring cuban missile crisis drama and it's not boring at all. Oh, it's not boring this is at all. so good and it just uh, it just didn't come out at, i mean it didn't come out at the right time it just nobody saw this uh kevin costner's the star bruce greenwood plays john f kennedy mm-hmm. shocking yeah exactly who is president yeah <sighs> exactly uh this came out on christmas oh wow i forgot 2000 that. was that around the time when the actual missile crisis happened because there's no other reason to release that movie at christmas I thought it was the summer. Oh, it was October of 62. Okay, so that seems like a weird release strategy. <laughs> I agree. Oh, Christmas. Everybody wants to see Costner's Boston accent. <laughs> I, the, it goes through this whole thing. And, and yeah, if you write this movie off as boring, then you, you're the one that's boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> you are. <laughs> yeah, you Tour are. man. You Tour are. man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, it. It, I don't think anybody realizes how close that nearly came to being an all-out. It would have been World War Three mm-hmm. with nukes. Yeah, with nukes this time. I don't think anybody realizes that. Multiple uh, times too. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's why this this. Okay, so the blockade happens, and then the, you got like the the ships getting into position and everything. Then you get the the pilot shot down. Then you have like the meeting between the envoys and stuff. Like this shit could have gone down multiple times over these 13 days yeah you know? yeah absolutely. so that's what keeps you like gripped the entire time you can't let up side mm-hmm. note we talked a few weeks back about matinee the john goodman mm-hmm. movie where he makes monster movies mm-hmm. this is set during the cuban missile crisis yeah. i watched this movie since we talked about it mm-hmm. and he he brings a, a scary movie to fucking key west because he knows the town's on edge because of the cuban missile crisis <laughs> and that's the best time to scare the shit out of him <laughs> it's a better movie than i talked about last time but it's still not one that i would say is great mm. anyway um well and x-men first class is also yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Uh, exactly. yeah but uh this is really good kevin this is one of the kevin costner's like great performances and we don't ever talk about it because the movie didn't do anything yeah but, 
Uh, Dylan Baker's really good in this too. Mm-hmm. As another uh, guy just shows up and you know, stop that firing, you know that bullshit. <laughs> um, but uh, Thirteen Days is a great movie, highly recommended. I want to see it again. Yeah, I do too. I haven't seen it in forever. Uh, then there is Time Cop, Jeremy. Oh shit! Take, <laughs> take I was over. Not prepared for this. <laughs> I was not prepared. Oh, uh, first of all, it's one of the better Jean Claude hairstyles because he's got kind of that like flowing back yeah part he of the does hair, but the yeah, top he does. is short mm-hmm, yep mm-hmm. what do they call that that's the mullet it's not a true mullet but it is kind of mulletish. it's uh, like it's, a, it's tight it's it's like tight a up fashionable front. mullet and mia sarah's his wife yeah 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 what is it, is it <laughs> business <laughs> on top and party in the back that's, right. that's, right. that's, that's right. what it is yep uh this movie makes no goddamn sense like if you actually want to talk about time travel don't watch this movie he uh, he encounters his younger self when he goes back in time, right? Yes. He, he Van da- I got I got to wrap my head around this. He goes back to right a wrong. Hold on. Who is the main villain? Ron it's, Silver. Ron Silver is the main villain. He goes back to not murder him, but like kind of like fuck with him, like Ron get him Silver. off. No, he's a track. time he's a time cop. He's a time cop. He's going back in time to stop time crimes. People stop who are time using crimes. time travel for, so Ron Silver is using time travel for nefarious right. evil gains, yeah. going back and setting himself up with the almanac and the whatnot, like Back to the Future. <laughs> mm-hmm. he's got an and almanac. he's trying to stop that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but then yeah, John Claude runs into himself. Isn't doesn't somebody turn into goo? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. You could ask almost any question about this movie, <laughs> oh, yeah. and I would say yes. <laughs> does, yeah. does he end up playing goalie for the Pittsburgh? <laughs> yes. Um, uh, because at one point, sudden death is on the TV when he walks. But no, I'm just kidding. How, how um, about how about this, Mia Sara? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a fire. There's a mystery. There's techno babble. There's a. Uh, a same versus same scene ron silver versus himself yes um i love it i can't speak as detailed as i do about sudden death uh (laughs) but it every bit is good i love it i love it i love it i love it's probably trashy like what what does rotten tomatoes have on it like a 48 oh man 42 maybe uh critics were mixed on time cop it holds a 45 percent overall rating 5.2 average and uh, I don't have IMDb. I said 48, 42, and it was right in the middle. Yeah, yeah, nice. I'm never going to be Chris and call it right out the gate, but if I can get on both <laughs> sides of it within three, that's pretty impressive. I remember liking it. It's, uh, it's been since uh, since it came out that I saw it. It's a 5.9 on the IMDb, but about right. back in the day, watching Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, that was, that was an awesome thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a good run there. It's only now that you can look back and go, either that was awesome or, oh, that, ooh, that, that <laughs> was... He's still making movies. I'll still flip by something on the TV Guide on Cinemax. It'd be like 2015, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Didn't, Batista uh, or whatever. Did you ever see that JCVD? No, but I heard it was fun, but yeah. just not quite as good as some of the other meta stuff know. out there. Hmm. Uh, then True Lies, one of the biggest movies of 1994, uh, which was a huge year. I mean, it, that summer, God, I was an usher. It was a terrible time to be an usher. Mm. Oh, I'm sure. Mm. God. Uh, you had True Lies, you had Forrest Gump, you had Lion King. They were all out at the same time. It was fucking ridiculous, man. Anyway, True Lies. What do we think about this movie today? Man. Well, we've talked about it. I think you guys are, are really positive about it. I never got into this movie i i understand that it's got fun parts i liked some of it 
I just never got into it like a Terminator movie or something like that. Yeah, um, I know that uh, the depiction of terrorists in this movie uh, has problematic has be- has become very problematic. Well, and, and depiction of um women. Well, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's a reason that True Lies was the standee Captain Marvel destroyed when she landed in Block. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does have its fun moments. It's completely, just completely unbelievable the entire time. But that's one of those things where they just sort of, they set you up for that immediately. It is, but you're not, you're absolutely right. But if I told you that Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise were going to do some sort of Harrier jet stunt outside of a building in the next movie... We'd be like, well, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> but with, with Arnold and James Cameron, completely ludicrous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah. it's much more campy and cartoony in this case, which makes it less believable. I thought Tom Arnold was hilarious in this. Yeah. This might be the funniest he's ever been. Sure, yeah. True yeah. lies, and there's a whole segment in this movie dedicated to Schwarzenegger confronting his wife about the Bill Paxton character. Mm-hmm. I, it, it it's fun, but it's like it's like. There's no bad guy really here. I mean, Bill Paxton's kind of a bad guy, but he's not. Yeah, he's, he's know, just a. There's all the se- that section is funny, but it's like God, we wasted a lot of time on this. Well, yep. and it ultimately only feels like we're trying to get her wrapped up in the action. Yeah, yeah. And so, but we have like a whole separate movie to do that. It's like an origin story for her being involved in the action, and it's also awful. Yeah. Like, he's got his wife, he's kidnapped her, she's in an interrogation room, and he's just fucking with her. Yeah. Like, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. He And then he sets up this thing where she has to strip for the evil dude, but it's yep. actually him, yep. and he yeah. thinks that's charming? Yep. <laughs> no, the movie's problematic as fuck. Yeah, there's so many, like, yeah, there's so many moments where there's humor derived from things that are fucked up. Yeah. Like, really fucked up. And, and the movie doesn't recognize it as fucked up. They're no. recognizing it as a platform by which they can tell these no. jokes. I remember this movie. I remember this summer. All anyone was talking about after this movie was her strip dance yeah. in the hotel oh, and yeah. how hot it was and mm-hmm. how great a body she had. Because mm-hmm. we all missed it when we saw this movie the first time because maybe culture hadn't really caught up to where it is today mm-hmm. to give us the perspective on it. But at the time, it didn't play problematic. Yeah. It also has a great downtown on horseback foot chase yeah, that yeah. John Wick 3 is going to steal. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> interview where dude's like, well, I know Keanu can ride a horse, so I'm going to put him on a horse. I mean, that interview <laughs> well, that was, was nuts, yeah, wasn't it? That, yeah, that well, interview that basically said, hey, put a list of all the things that you can do down, and we're going to put that in the movie. <laughs> That's got almost almost the Jordan Peele Gremlins two thing. Yeah, it's in the movie. It's in the movie. Uh, but yeah, uh, I haven't seen True Lies in forever, but I have seen it millions of times, and uh, you know, I haven't seen it in with 2019 eyes. Yeah. But, uh, they had been talking about a sequel to this movie for as long as the movie has been out. Mm. And uh, Tom Arnold has probably said it about four or five times. We're making the sequel. We're making it. And you know what? They are going to eventually make a sequel, and it's just going to be a bunch of bullshit. Yep. Uh, then we have Trumbo, which we uh, either will or have talked about in the movie ad. Um, yeah. Uh, Brian Cranston plays uh, Dalton Trumbo. I kind of ignored it the first time out. I think I told you a month or so ago that I seen it again, and I, and I liked it a lot more. Um, and it does kind of delve into what it was like to be accused of being a communist to not be one mm-hmm. and to keep trying to you know 
do your craft. Like they, these people weren't writers because it was an easy job. They loved writing. They loved telling stories. So he my, was not. I'm sorry. So my question: What there are there were people who were communists who were given blacklist. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think he was. It's just that it's it, it was still stupid and wrong for them to blacklist him over it or even put him through uh, a hearing for it. Or so are you saying that he was not a communist? I've seen the movie twice, and I don't think he was. But if he is, I just I saw it once, it. and, and I, I, I just assumed, but it, it could be that he just got wrapped up in, I mean, how many people did this happen to that they just got blacklisted he's for no reason? He's at the very right? least, he's, he doesn't worry about communism or anything like that. He might just be a, a, a leftist, of, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But I know... I do know that there were some some uh, out there who were actually communist. It's just that you know we're, it's still still stupid and wrong to put them through all that. Anyway, yeah, I just wanted I didn't know what the- it, it says. His he, he did have an active membership in the Communist Party of the USA. Oh wow, okay, yeah. Well then, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, you were saying I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, um, Kurt uh, Douglas basically resurrected his career in real life and in the movie by just insisting. He writes Spartacus and insisting mm-hmm. that uh, he get credit um, and that just kind of basically fizzled the whole McCarthyism movement. Um, I got to watch it again now that you're saying he was a communist because that might add layers because I've watched the thing with the lens as though he wasn't. Hmm. Great scene. Um, little Fanning. Um, no, L? L? L Fanning <laughs> plays his daughter. Little Fanning. And she's like a high schooler. She's a. And he's really quirky. Like when he when he writes, he'll do stuff like fill the tub with water, go sit in it with candles all around him, have a wood plank across his chest and a typewriter. And he'll be in there for five hours <laughs> and they'll like need him for something. And he's screaming at them like he's just a really bad father in this instance. And at one point, Elle Fanning is like screaming about how do you deal with this? And Diane Lane's playing the mom, his wife. And she says, come with me. And leads her back down through the kitchen into this little closet. And there's a punching bag like a, <laughs> yeah a speed bag yeah speed bag <laughs> and uh she's she's like here take these gloves anytime your father makes me angry i come in here i pretend that's his face <laughs> <laughs> and like she walks out and l fanning like hits it gently once and you could see it glimmer and then she hits it again hits it and we cut away before she really gets into it but it's a really fun scene wow yeah um but uh this is this is brian cranston got nominated for an oscar for this i think I think he got nominated for something, and it wasn't a Razzie. Yep, for best actor. Yep, um, and uh, this is this is definitely one of his better post Breaking Bad uh, performances. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. most of the times they they've thrown Brian Cranston in anything, it's been like, oh, it's Brian Cranston, and that's yeah. pretty much yeah, it. I yeah, mean, I mean, I think he's done some some like Broadway and stuff like that too. But mm-hmm. like he's his doing... movie choices, like the Why Him movie with James Franco, and like. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like it's up to this level. He's uh, doing network right now. Yeah, on uh, Broadway. On right? Broadway, yeah, yeah. I would kill to see that. <laughs> no shit, right? Yeah, let's awesome. go back. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's watch that. Watch Hamilton a couple times, <laughs> and then go and watch some other shows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wag the dog. This is a movie Ooh. that was forgotten. The time. Uh, I fucking love it's it. It's great. Oh my god. Huh? I said unfairly. It's yeah. fantastic. Uh, this was uh, Barry Levinson directing with uh, Dustin Hoffman, Robert De Niro, uh, and it's uh, sort of almost kind of primary colors ish because it's it's sort of uh, 
mimicking the Clinton administration a little bit because isn't the president it doesn't the president get into some sort of sexual yep. thing yep. and so he declares war on Albania yep yep <laughs> and, and and so the whole thing about wagging the dog here Dustin Hoffman is a Hollywood producer who uh wants to color the perception of the American people what this war in Albania is uh and he, there's so many like neat touches in this uh having someone say having a woman say to her lover in bed like do you remember that that song old shoe mm-hmm. that blah 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 and willie nelson is like sitting there making the song <laughs> as she's talking yeah, about yeah, it, yeah. and they press it down into a record <laughs> and make it look all old they put it in the library of congress oh, where, really? where they can then find it reverse steel yeah yeah um <laughs> There's this, there's all this stuff that Dustin Hoffman is orchestrating with De Niro, who is the real G man here. And Hoffman wants credit. And mm. he's told right off the bat, you're not getting credit for this. And, yeah. and, and Hoffman's like, this is the only reason we do this type of thing is to get credit. Yeah. You know, uh, they, just, they, 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 I love the interviews that they have. There's a point where like, uh, they have an interview with like James Belushi, mm-hmm. who's like, uh, an Albanian in real life yeah, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> the types ask his well, opinion. They have, don't they have Claire, uh, not Claire Danes, uh, Kirsten Dunst, like in like a, yes. like a, like a cloth. Yeah. And stuff she like plays like a child or refugee. Yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. yeah. You could double feature this this with uh state and maine pretty easily yeah oh yeah i think you oh, there's so many parallels within the loop argo pretty easily. argo yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely this this definitely did not get the credit it came out one month before the lewinsky scandal broke wow so i wonder if we were so inundated with coverage we may have been well we forget that but way before lewinsky clinton had scandals yeah, yeah, about Paula women Jones needs, and all yeah, that stuff yeah, yeah, yeah like during the campaign yeah so i mean but this oh my god the way that they engineer everything the way that they're they're so fucking serious about this they're having fun about it but they're so serious about it like we're gonna make this the greatest movie that you know no one's ever seen basically i need to watch this again oh it's so good and you're right that last fucking scene with dustin hoffman mm-hmm. has everything you've got menacing de niro you've got like trying to be friendly de niro you've got like him trying to warn him like hey man mm-hmm. hey man yeah and then you've got desperate dustin hoffman where he's just like i will i can't do this this is the you're you're playing de niro says you're playing around with your life mm-hmm. he can't make it any plainer yeah yeah and he's like i don't care i want the fucking credit <laughs> i don't know what he's planning on doing i mean i guess going to the press or whatever yeah but like and it's just oh my god it's so fucking great i love yeah. this movie uh i need to see it again as well because it's it it actually this came on about two or three years ago somewhere on one of those channels and i was i was watching the sort of the tail end of it and everything i was like i need to watch this mm-hmm. again it's one of those back in 1998 is it 98 97 97 it was at the it was at the end of 97 97 yeah, yeah. back in this day i was 20 years old and watching a movie like this when you're 20 is 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 almost nothing mm-hmm. it's it's like yeah that's yeah, yeah you know you try to appear important when you're 20 like <laughs> oh yeah that movie's good you don't know anything about it uh they got nominated uh dustin hoffman got nominated for uh best actor and the screenplay did hillary hinken and david mamet david uh, there you go. um that's uh, part of why it's good 
But uh, yeah, Anne Hayes, Woody Harrelson, Dennis Leary. Could you imagine if David Mamet and Aaron Sorkin ever wrote something together? Oh no, God, God damn! Well, I, I wonder if I they'd want... even. Yeah, I wonder if they'd even be able to stand each other. God, so it would be <laughs> Sorkinisms. Like two of my favorite writers. Yeah, it'd be Sorkinisms peppered with them saying each other's names over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, <right>? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Stanley, Stanley Mutz, Stanley Mutz. What do you think, Stanley yeah. Mutz? Let's walk and talk, Stanley Mutz. <laughs> All right, guys, it is time to talk about Mubi again. Yeah, baby. Mubi. We love us some Mubi here. We even talk about it when we're not advertising it. <laughs> Free advertisement movie. Um, uh, there are some interesting things on there. Barrett, you saw something. So uh, we were talking before uh, we started taping that there's some, some very unfamiliar movies on the service right now, um, in, in April in particular. And, you know, that, that kind of, it, I've, I've grown to trust Mubi enough yeah. to where I'm good to say like, well, that looks interesting from the description, from how, it, how it seems to, to relate to my interests. I'm just going to go along for the ride. A lot of these movies really aren't all that long either. So you can kind of get in and get out. Um, so I did that with, with one movie. Uh, it's, it's a movie called, uh, Fatima and it's a French movie, um, from Philippe Fachon. <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna go with it <laughs> you can just go French ahead people. and do the southern united states version of that, <laughs> that, was awesome. that was, you were like one of those newsmen who accidentally says a cuss word and then just winces and freezes in time you didn't say anything wrong but you acted like you did uh, this is a well, french it, movie it did sound sharp through the ears there but. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's delightful it's about these Three, uh, two generations of Moroccan immigrants who have moved to France, and the two daughters are very different, uh, but have essentially been raised in French culture. And the mom is still a single mom, still very much in the traditional Moroccan state. Ooh. She still wears a headscarf and everything. The daughters do not. They're very French. Uh, the older daughter is going to medical school. The younger daughter is just the star of the movie the absolute steals the movie because mm. she is typical teenage uh teenage girl deadpan great sense of humor but just like almost a nihilist at this point mm. you know uh she gets home and uh, uh her mom is like how was your homework you know how, how did you get graded and uh she said you know i got graded and then the mom said well what did you get and <laughs> The girl just deadpans. She's like, it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's beautiful. And it's beautifully acted, beautifully shot. That is something that I would not have gone. It, it wouldn't have been anywhere near my radar. But I dove in. I was like, well, maybe I'll watch this for a little bit. Was sucked in immediately. It's not like action packed or anything like that. It's just a family drama that has comedic elements, that has a lot of heart. And it's totally worth I'm I'm so glad that I clicked on hmm. it. Awesome. And there's a million of them like that. You know, we, uh, another one that I clicked on that's just on there uh, today as we recorded is called Cosmos. It's, uh, oh, it's another yeah. French film. Um, and that thing is batshit crazy. It's All right, here we go. <laughs> Andres Zulowski. <laughs> you know, doing it slower doesn't make it better. <laughs> it's the director. And it goes into places like it starts with just a regular narrative structure and then just goes wherever it wants to go it's absolutely bonkers i enjoyed the hell out of it yeah Ooh. it looks like the type of movie that i would like as well oh it's it's 
it's unlike any movie that I've ever seen. Yeah. And some of that is disorienting and some of that is delightful. Ooh. One that's on there right now that I, I I intend to watch. Hey, how about that for an advertisement? I intend to watch is this one called The Creeping Garden. Oh, uh, I saw that, yeah. And it's about uh, uh, the scientific anomaly of slime mold. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's just just covers that, just covers slime mold mm-hmm. the, uh, the whole time. And that sounds fascinating to me. Yeah, me too. And I and I will eventually watch that. The, well, uh, if you were Bill or Ted, just saying you will eventually watch it means you watched it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I caught a little bit of Bogus Journey last night. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> we got to tell ourselves to put the key back here so that we can we gotta remember to come back and get it. Um then, uh, but the last one I saw was Red Hollywood, which is talking about all the blacklisted writers back in the, you know, the McCarthy days and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, uh, it's an unusual look at, uh, the writers who, uh, who, they're just their movies and everything and a lot of these movies you've probably never heard of and everything you've heard of some of the writers like like trumbo mm-hmm. and everything but uh so, but uh it just basically just covers their work rather than making it a big thing well isn't that horrible that they were caught up in all this or whatever mm-hmm. it really just talks about here's what their huh. work is well it's fascinating is at least in trumbo uh it says that for a while he sustained himself by writing like crap movies for john goodman's like b producer under a fake name yeah 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 so um i need to check that one out for sure yeah that sounds really cool yeah uh but uh we we love us some movie here and i think that a lot of you out there will too so yeah and you get to try it for free yeah a free and this is a great time to uh to sign up so not only now april has some really interesting titles that i some of which i was just mentioning may i guarantee you there's some really cool shit coming up some of it that you know or familiar with some of it that's adjacent to what you're familiar with and it's going to be really really amazing so yeah if you sign up right now go to mubi.com m-u-b-i.com slash cinema sins you know how to spell that you get 30 days free 30 days that's that's a full month you're going to get access to a ton of movies some just dive in like i did and be rewarded some you're going to recognize it or a director that you recognize and be like i want to watch that to kind of further my uh viewing experience it's it's awesome you know they're awesome do it now do now. it now for free Zero get to the chopper get to the chopper <laughs> then we have watchmen Ooh. this movie uh man i, I think this movie's you, exhausting you were running through the i've run through the roller coaster emotions through this of the through this movie hated it at first liked it a lot better the second time didn't like it nearly as much the third time and like i've 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 come to rest on that it's a decent movie it's exhausting though mm-hmm. i wanted to watch this this came up netflix has got this weird thing because i i could have sworn that i've seen stuff like four rooms on netflix recently and Mm -hmm. i was like you know what maybe i'll watch a little bit of four rooms i'll type that into the search and it's not there Mm -hmm. but it'll come up with a bunch of somewhat related movies Mm -hmm. and this came up what yeah exactly watchmen and i was like you know what i liked watchmen but do i really want to invest any of my life into watching that again because it's dour if you like it you like it for dour reasons Mm -hmm. And like it's long. Oh, and I don't it's know. There's a lot of humor in that. <laughs> um, I am curious to see this HBO show based on it because it's apparently 
going to be set in that world, but it's not retelling the same story from the movie. It's mm. even time jumping, I think, ahead of where the movie would have been. Um, and it's J.J. Abrams, man. I'll watch it. I mean, I hope it's it's less American Gods and more like you know an entertaining. Piece yeah, of American it. Gods. God, that that went from hard to get into to I'm done <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> yep, very quickly. But yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 a beautiful movie. I think I agree mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got style out the ass. Yeah, and 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 listen, he's never been hurting for style. Mm. This was this was post 300, where 300 was this huge hit. And it was the very next year, I believe, this came out, uh, or maybe two years. It was, and 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 it was, you know, this was. I think Zack Snyder was probably at the very top of what he was doing, but it it, it started to get exhausting, like you're saying. This came out before Sucker Punch. Yes, this right. came. I was. I think I was in New York when I think it was 2008. This was. Uh, yeah, well, early 2009 early 2009 yeah, okay oh that's right they were advertising it so then yeah 2009 uh but uh yeah i mean yeah it's 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 way too long and it's uh it's it's got some cool moments and yeah it's, it's just not it's not worth it to me to watch the entirety of it to get to those cool moments mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah yeah i know what you mean it's like it is it's like three and a half hours long or it some is. shit Yep. Uh, then we have Wedding Crashers. Hey, one of the one of the bright spots of 2005. That's right. And this is DC as fuck too. Oh, because it's Senator Walken. Well, no, but I mean, this the like every time they crash a wedding, they reconvene at the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Oh, like right, 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 the, right, right. The mm-hmm, National Mall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other D- DC uh, divorce attorneys, and this is the perfect pairing at that time of those two actors for comedic value i Mm -hmm. think uh the way that because you know owen wilson's got that that optimistic drawl vince vaughn is talking just like yeah i love this movie so much isla fisher rachel mcadams christopher walken i've mentioned before like there's a a scene where vince vaughn is tied up by the the creepy little son Mm -hmm. uh because he's gonna rape him ha yeah yeah yeah. um and uh christopher walken comes in the boy is hiding in the closet and he comes and he's talking to him and uh doesn't notice that he's tied up or anything he just like casually grabs one of the ropes that he's tied up to and like test it to make sure it's good and he was like all right (laughs) (laughs) did you know wedding crashers 2 is in development uh I mean, th- that's one of those things where it's way too late to make a sequel. If you're going to make a sequel, make it two, three years afterwards. You say that about a lot of things that are getting sequels and reunions, like Mad About You or Full House? Or... Yes. Yeah. Super Troopers 2, same thing, right? Yeah. Like you, you, just yeah. just you, too you missed long. missed your window, yeah. man. Because Vince Vaughn is, is on to different things. Owen Wilson is on to different things. Well, look, look how Zoolander 2 turned out. Oh, waited God. too long to make that. Exactly. And forgot exactly. why your own joke was funny. Anchorman yeah. too. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. Just, just if you if it's gotten to a five year threshold, I say just forget it. Mm-hmm. Canon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Wedding Crashers has uh still is still I think in the top five R rated uh box office of all time. Is it really? I it believe it. Is. Oh my God! It's uh, I mean the little characters you got Bradley Cooper in a very early role playing a ridiculous scumbag. Yeah. You've got Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell in this movie, like you think Will Ferrell is unhinged in a lot of movies like uh, Talladega Nights or Anchorman or that kind of thing, but like there's a controlled 
improv to to his his thing in wedding crashers he's off the fucking rails like i don't even know he, he may have improvised improvised like all of his lines mm-hmm. but uh he's hilarious yeah yeah oh yeah he's the original uh wedding crash yes he is he crashes funerals now. <laughs> mm-hmm. i fell in love with isla fisher on this movie you and me both baby and yeah. sasha baron cohen yeah sasha baron cohen did he got to her first oh that's right he had the inside track and so he was friends with will ferrell from the- from Talladega Talladega Nights. Nights. Right, yeah. right. And he right. was out and you know he was out and interacting with her while we were over here in Tennessee. <laughs> had no had no chance. Nope. Damn it! Nope. I was, and we were going to have a if chance. Only we, we had would have had a chance yeah. if it was the fact if she had been in our proximity. Seriously, the only reason Luke Hemsworth is with Miley instead of me mm-hmm. is because he's beautiful. Right, right. You, you know, uh, Isla Fisher's really good in tag. I love her in tag. She's yes, she doesn't get any credit. No, she doesn't. But she's she's so fucking unhinged, and she's crazy. Like she's as insane as they are. Did you know Leslie Bibb was uh, Sam Rockwell's girlfriend? No, I didn't. In, know in that. real life, in yeah. real life, really? yeah, because he was out promoting this Fosse thing. Yeah, and he was on that. one of the late night shows and just casually mentioned my uh, my girlfriend uh, Leslie Bibb is in such and such movie with me and such and such. I didn't know that. Anyway, she's okay. Leslie Bibb's not bad. Yeah. Um. 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 I love you, man. Girl from the Office. Rashida Rashida Jones. Yeah. She's okay. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really have anything to do. Isla Fisher, she's got something to do when mm-hmm. she came to play. Yeah. Oh my god, that scene where <laughs> it comes out of nowhere. Where, where they're like uh they're they're at the party, they're at the rehearsal dinner, and uh Ed Helms is like, Who are you? I don't even know you. And she's just takes a second, she's like Oh, am I a stranger in this strange land? Yeah, oh, yeah. She's like, oh, look into the bibliotheque. And he's like, Chantel is here? Chantel is here. I've seen this movie way too many times. But also, the best, the best scene with her is the one where they, they almost waterboard uh, Silicon Valley guy. Oh, yeah. And when they finally come, because she goes, oh, and she's screaming maniacally. And they decide not to. John Hamm says to the reporter, I just like it on the record that we didn't actually waterboard. And the reporter's like, right, no, just a bunch of talk about sucking each other off. Yeah. <laughs> Goes, yes. Uh, he's got the fucking water cooler. He's like, ah! and there's, and there's a moment where they all look around like, are we are we doing this? <laughs> I love that movie. It's uh, not good, but I love it. Then we have the original X Files movie. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Huh. I, I don't I don't like any of the X Files movies. Mm-mm. I like I liked this one when it came out. I thought it was disappointing. I thought it was very much like the Simpsons movie mm-hmm. where it came out way too late. Yep. But Martin Landau's really good in it. Um, there's there's a nice little conspiracy. Cigarette smoking man is featured heavily. Mm-hmm. The the lone lone gunman are uh, are featured in there too. It's it plays all the hits. I kind of I kind of dug it. I bet if I wa- went back and watched it now, it would be lost on me. But I was so deeply like it mired in the muck of X Files that I just wanted more. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, very very young Lucas Black at the very beginning of this. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he it was that as he had just done Sling Blade, and then oh yeah, and then it was this right after that. Uh, W. Oh wow! Oh wow! Oliver Stone's W. W. Uh, it does one thing well, and that is so you if you ascribe to the narrative that Bush Jr. and his entire presidency was like trying to impress Dad. Mm-hmm. If you buy that, mm-hmm. this movie's for you. Yeah, 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 um, absolutely. 
Because they hammer that shit. I mean, it is <laughs> ab- almost as one-sided as any movie I've ever seen. And I, I don't have a problem with it because Brolin's so good, um, he kind of anchors it all the way through. Elizabeth Banks is in this. Mm-hmm. Richard uh, Dreyfus, I think, plays a great Cheney. Yeah, and uh, Cromwell's good in this mm-hmm. as the older Bush. Um, but it's it's hard to get through, man. Yeah. It really is. It's... Uh, it's basically, I would rather, did you ever see that Will Ferrell, the, the thank you or you're welcome America Broadway thing that he did? Oh, no, I didn't. No, they I did it. Know. They did it on HBO. They only played it like a couple of times, but it was a one man show essentially of him doing his W impression. Mm-hmm. And it was an absurdist take on like, it was right after his presidency has ended. And he was like, wow, look at all the shit that I accomplished <laughs> because I'm too dumb to realize how shitty the economy was in the shitter at that point the war was still going on at that point everything had gone wrong for this motherfucker mm-hmm. at this point and he's just like hey <laughs> you want four more years of this don't you yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and i would rather watch that a million times than watching w. yeah it's you're right not, it's not terrible it's not devoid of entertainment value or craft it's just it's a slog to get through it's got much like vice yeah um I, you know I'm, you're preaching to the choir here no. did you like w at all I I don't remember liking it. No. I, I saw it maybe a year after it came out, and um, I haven't seen it since, no. so I don't remember liking it. Uh, X-Men Days of Future Past and X2 X-Men United both uh, are in D.C. Oh, so that X2 opening scene with Nightcrawler in the White House yes. is still one of the best superhero movie scenes ever. Yeah. Yep. Be- in part because, well, first of all, it looks outstanding even today the effects hold up really really well uh, but we had never seen a superpower like that visually demonstrated in a film i will never forget how much that grabbed me right at the open oh like, yeah because nightcrawler was one of my favorite uh, x-men was one of the few comics i did read and nightcrawler was one of my favorites and he hadn't been in the first movie he shows up in the second Is that what comes? yeah he's a fully realized character like he's got the religious predilections and everything mm-hmm. He's got the the kind of shyness and everything. Mm-hmm. He's he's not just a teleporter, right? That teleports, right? You know, I I, I love his version of that character. Oh yeah, yeah. X two. Uh, I I feel like now because there's been so many comic book uh, adaptations that have come out, this movie kind of gets buried uh, a little bit. It used to be pretty easy shorthand to go to X two back in two thousand five, two thousand six is one of the best. And now that we're in 2019, I think people kind of forget that that one was a really good one. But I, it holds up, man. I saw it a couple months ago, um, and all of it, all of it holds up pretty well. Yep. I think, um, especially that that Wolverine fight against She Wolverine. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just brutal. And yeah. fucking injects her with the metal, and her head goes underwater, and then you hear that clonk of she like something super. Yeah, God, man, <laughs> I need to watch it again. But yeah, it's great. I loved it. And then. Uh, uh, first class is that the days other of season? future past oh days of future well yeah. first class is a little dc too. first though. class does have a little dc all of these x-men movies have some DC. but days of future yeah. past is like on the lawn of the white house or yep. some shit yeah right? that's yeah. all during the where what is it is it also because the first class is with the cuban missile crisis mm-hmm. and all that this is like the following year uh oh yeah because uh uh magneto is accused of killing uh kennedy yeah right mm-hmm Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, this is the this is the movie that they made basically so that X X Men Three didn't happen. Yeah, basically, or like anything that they didn't like 
in the franchise happens. So they go back. They go back to 73. That's 73. Because it's the, it's so the he's Paris been in, Accords. He's been in like jail that. for like 10 years then at this point. But it was it is yeah. ultimately in hindsight, it's a really weird choice, I think, to like reboot with an all new cast and then bring the old cast back with the new cast in a movie. Yeah. And then make another movie with a new cast. Yeah. It just seems like an odd <laughs> it is choice. Weird. I think what it was was Patrick Stewart, right? Like, yeah, probably so. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't want to go out like that. Like, or they just wanted to keep him involved because he's so fucking great. I I think this is not like a Star Trek Generations type of thing. I think they pulled this off reasonably well because there's not a whole lot of Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. No, or Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen's is he? In yeah, that? he's in it. Yeah, he's in that. There's not much of that. It's just to send Wolverine back and everything, and then he gets your first Quicksilver scene, which is great. Um, you get, uh, uh, Trask, the Peter Dinklage character, which I think is cool. I don't like the Sentinels, but I, I think this movie has more going for it than it gets credit for because it's, it's kind of like overlooked. It's, it, people don't say that they hate it, but people don't say that they love no, it. No, I, I feel like this, there were a lot of people who really loved it when it first came out. I don't know. I've heard that many people mm -hmm. lately, but, but, uh, I felt like I was on an Island with this movie when it first came out. Meaning that you did not like it, right? Yeah, I did not. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I have, I have my, my own thoughts about time travel and I didn't, you know, one, and this isn't the reason why I didn't like the movie, but I, and I think I've discussed this before. I don't understand once they send him in the past and everything that happens in the past happens, why in the future they're still like battling sentinels and stuff like that at the same time why is everything concurrent like mm. i never understood that like uh why do they have to wait for 1973 to be over for the thing in 20 whatever the hell it makes sense you, you think it'd be more incremental i think what the the movie is saying is every single movie does this oh yeah every time travel movie does this. Yeah. They, they they make the time crunch in the past uh you know equal to like the, the it, everything in the past has to happen first before right. like all this other stuff but it's still that that drives me a little bit batty mm -hmm. uh, but uh that's not the reason why i didn't didn't like it i just just didn't like it it's got a nice amount of uh, j-law in there it does i feel like they uh they really this well i think first class is probably the one where she was featured the most but they uh they explored her character a little bit yeah. in this one she'd She's be doing eric Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> nice. All right. That's disgusting. Uh then we have Yankee Doodle Dandy uh oh. rounding off the Barrett scene. I love that list. song. Yep. Uh Jimmy Cagney. Jimmy Cagney, yeah. Which I, I still haven't seen this movie. Um I know that uh, I remember every July fourth. It seemed like TBS would play this movie. Yeah, that's where I saw it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I've I've seen the I've seen the 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 roll credits moment. That's it because I've seen the ad. Yeah, no, he's it's uh, James Cagney kind of like reminiscing to Roosevelt actually mm. uh, on uh, at the White House saying, you know, here's my career in showbiz, starting with vaudeville and all that stuff, and became like a big a big deal he's uh he's a, a legendary performer and he tries to get the family involved and all that stuff it's delightful okay uh then we go down the list black dynamite i never saw this michael jai white plays black dynamite 2009 an odd an odd uh, year to come out with a black exploitation flick mm -hmm. was this a was this supposed to be like a comedy though 
Yeah, um, I think it was because supposed anything, to ride the line. Anything that kind of make just like undercover brother, yeah, and everything. Anything that comes out like in this day and age and, and is purporting to be black exploitation is trying to be funny. It's a comedy, yeah. Rather than the the earlier ones where they were trying to make yeah. like action in your face, motherfucker kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, this was supposed to be have comedic elements. Uh, but uh, Arsenio Hall's in it. Tommy Davidson's in it. Uh, You've said all I need to hear. Yeah, exactly. Just stay away. <clears throat> Michael J. White wrote the screenplay. I actually kind of wanted to see this. It's got a 7.4 on IMDb. Wow. Uh, then there is Black Sunday, 1977 explosive terrorist blimp movie. I have not seen this. Oh, this is funny. It's got Robert Shaw. It's got your uh, uh, Quint in there. Um, oh, yeah. Robert Shaw. Bruce, Bruce Dern. And, uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're flying into like somebody, a terrorist has implanted bombs on this blimp and it's going over a major sporting event and they're going to blow it up. Is it the Super Bowl? I don't know if it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, it's just, I don't know why that's so funny to me. <laughs> it's just over like a, reg a regular football it, game. It feels like that's what, you know, if you want to, you know. Yeah, what the fuck, terrorist? Yeah, I go. You want to make the biggest, you know. <laughs> Although, I mean, explosives on a blimp yeah. overhead, yeah. yeah, that's not very destructive. Well, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. unless you're going <laughs> to drop the blimp itself. You have to kind of wreck it in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You really steer that shit in there. <laughs> you, know, you know what movie could have used an explosive blimp? <laughs> <laughs> Final score. <laughs> 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 so that sounds oh, like it's, it would be perfect yeah um <laughs> then there is bridge of spies okay so you have the cohen brothers writing and you have spielberg directing mm -hmm. and you should you, you would think oh this is going to be awesome what it ends up being is it's good yeah it's okay uh you know you have um mark rylance is great in it and i and uh i think he probably deserved the oscar that year uh but uh yeah it's good yeah didn't he win over stallone yeah, yeah i think so Creed? i think that's yeah. what it was because everybody was saying everybody it's stallone. thought stallone but and i was saying he wasn't gonna and dicer was mad at me <laughs> <laughs> well dicer's point was not about the performance but the fact that i hadn't seen the movie well <laughs> i had i had just I, I i saw bridge of spies leading up to the oscars and i was like this feels like rylance's award to win after i saw that because mm. it's just everything about it was the was just the right mix of everything and uh and i kept hearing stallone was the the favorite and i was like i mean i think when people start really seeing this performance they're gonna they're gonna gravitate towards rylance so is this a good movie you said it was okay yeah, like is good. this worth no it's seeing? perfectly good uh it, it you just expect with the coen brothers writing and with spielberg directing there should be something way more epic involved here. And uh, Hank, is it Hanks? Yeah, Hanks. Is yeah, Tom Hanks. Um, uh, What's you, going on? Can we talk about Spielberg a little more? Well, yeah, we can. Because I think we talked a little bit ago, a couple weeks ago, about how, the how post, long it's right? been since. Yeah, how yeah, long yeah. it's been since he's had like a, a great movie. Like the one he's working on now is West Side Story. Mm. Oh, Why yeah. is he making West Side Story? Well, Puerto Rico's asking that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, West Side Story's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's not like it was shit. It's yeah. not like it needs an update. Is he modernizing it, or is he going to tell it in its original time period? Because yeah. I don't know about gangs running around New York singing about knifing each other in no, 2019. I, I think it's going to be sp period specific. Still then, even more so. I, I'm wondering how he's making his choices 
And I'm, I'm worried know, that he's like got this twilight of my career mindset that's maybe pulling his punches makes him want to make a, a film like Lincoln or The Post that seems prestige And then he got back into the sci-fi action with Ready Player One, and it just didn't feel like Spielberg at all. Right, right. And so I, don't, I feel like something's going on there. I don't know mm-hmm. who, who it was uh, that took a took one comment from Karen Allen when they were when he was doing uh Crystal Skull mm. uh and and sort of said well maybe that's the reason why he doesn't make great movies anymore was, Karen Allen said well, back when we did Raiders of the Lost Ark Spielberg was like this kid he's like he's like going around he's he's like really super interested in this process and everything he's like now now he's got kids and he's a father and like she's saying this really excitedly and everything but then you realize that the the times the the time that you have to devote to other things may be taking away from what you were doing back in the day mm-hmm. and uh not to yeah i mean we're not going to shame him for having kids i'm not here i'm not here to, to do that today maybe in a year well uh, and i'm not even saying he's not making good movies anymore but it doesn't feel like he's making spielberg great movies right anymore. he's not given that that yeah exactly i don't think i i think I, something's going on there where he's just you know he's just kind of i'm busy ben yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i said i'm busy yeah i yeah i mean yeah everything everything that he's done like the lincoln and the post and all that it's just kind of it's like it's elevated more than your typical movie but it's not quite yeah. quite there yeah and bridge of spies fits in that same category how often has have the coen brothers written for other directors not often uh but it has happened a few times i remember it has i i just don't recall what they are off the top um, of my head did you see where coppola's decided he's, he's ready to make his masterpiece oh really his, his quote is even something like oh everything i've learned over all the years i'm going to put into use in this one final opus mm. it's a movie he's always wanted to make i think there's sci-fi elements i just think it's hilarious that he doesn't like that a man who has made three or four masterpieces <laughs> doesn't feel like he's made one yeah yet. yeah well I, and he's like 80 something now yeah he's old he's as up fuck there. yeah but i'm on board if he's like gonna come back and make another movie and he thinks it might be his masterpiece well, that's what i'm saying like you know you talk about spielberg being coasting a little bit whatever the reason you don't see scorsese coasting mm-hmm. like he's he's taking a swing departed wasn't coasting like fucking well, the irishman silence if you didn't love it was uh, completely definitely was a swing yeah. right so yeah i don't I, you could make a argument that even clint eastwood is trying like really doing different things but spielberg is just kind of going through the motions so the early uh the early cohen cohen brothers uh only had one for a long time crime wave was the it was the sam raimi movie oh and it's not good i saw Um, that recently it's not very good at all um then recently this has been happening a lot more uh a movie called gambit that has uh, Colin Firth, Cameron Diaz, and Alan Rickman in it, and it was directed by Michael Hoffman. Uh, then there was a movie, Unbroken, that Angelina Jolie directed. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then there is Suburbicon that George Clooney directed. Oh, that was the one uh, just uh, last year, wasn't it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So maybe they're just writing... The- <laughs> They get to the end of a script and they're like, ah, this is not good enough for us. We'll give it to somebody else. So, yeah. so. uh, then we have Canadian Bacon. I believe Michael Moore uh, directed this, right? Wow. And this is like his uh, like a feature instead of a documentary for once. 
It was or, definitely a feature. It, yeah, Michael Moore directed yeah, it. Yeah, this is uh this is one of these this is a movie where I think like Canada and America are about to go to war to each, with yeah. each other or something. Yeah. Isn't Candy in the John Candy? Yeah. It yeah. was his final released film to star John Candy. Yeah, because he'd done Wagons East and they had to digitally do some of his scenes after he died. Mm. And then Canadian Bacon. I don't I don't know how you said Canadian Bacon's the last one. Yeah, it was released. actually Right. It was shot before Wagons East, mm. but re- Wagons East was released. Do you want to do this. a really morbid double feature? Yes. Wagons East and Almost Heroes. Oh yeah. No kidding. John Candy's basically last movie, an unfunny uh-huh. uh Western set comedy. Um it's Almost Heroes. Almost Heroes is Ugh. Matthew Perry and um Chris Farley. Oh, one my of Chris Farley's God. last it's like a Lewis and Clark spoof. Uh, oh and it's one of Farley's last movies. Almost. Is that shitty? Oh, oh yeah. Almost Heroes is is such a bad movie. Oh wow. It's not it's like they like didn't even have all the budget. I don't think they were just. Or maybe they, maybe they took sm- the budget. Maybe they did. Maybe. Yeah, could be. Uh, I I I never saw Canadian Bacon though. No, I saw I it know. once. I remember liking it. I remember thinking it was charming. Mm-hmm. It may have just been that they had a bunch of like Canadian comics because I used to watch a little SCTV. Yeah, and like the yeah. those Canadian comics kind of always hit a sweet spot. For me, me too. So yeah, it may be that. I don't know. Uh, Casino Jack, Kevin Spacey movie. I never seen this. Never heard of it. Uh, then there is DC Sniper. Oh, so they're, they made movies out of this dude. Dude, there, there are at least three or four DC Sniper movies. Um, what? <laughs> it's an interesting story. I it guess. is an interesting story. I mean, it, it really was, of course we weren't in the area, but like, I was this still guy terrified. Seemed, this guy seemed completely random, right? Like you could be walking down any street yeah. and be subjected to this. Yeah. Yep. Like he was in a car or something like that. Yeah. He would just pull. It was up. two of there were two of them. It That's was right. Uh, yeah. Wasn't it gas stations that they yeah, normally yeah. do? I mean, it? you're like Steve Martin in the jerk, like just fucking yeah. like all of a sudden. Thunk, thunk, thunk. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I remember that being a thing. Like that was a crazy. Like they they were reported usually a uh, a serial killer of some sort. You don't hear about it until there's like seven or eight victims or whatever. I think this one you had heard like the first couple, and then just like you know whatever week later you'd see it on the news again and on the news again it was a it was a that was a frightening time yeah, especially my brother lived in dc at the time oh really gonna, oh that's right wow I, I remember feeling just driving around in tennessee like i was a little less safe than i used to mm. be yeah it was 10 people killed three others critically wounded god damn yeah just icky like yeah. makes you feel icky yeah i never saw any movie concerning the dc sniper you need uh the day the earth stood still the original mm-hmm. uh i'm trying to remember if i've seen the original i've definitely seen the keanu remake yeah and that's in the middle of central park this one they land uh klaatu or whatever it is lands klaatu, in the middle of, uh, narada niktu <laughs> <laughs> i got your damn words <laughs> <laughs> i haven't seen the original but i have seen the keanu one I didn't know this, but that was Scott Derrickson. Yeah. Um, Dr. Strange director. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think of the canoe one? Um, not great, but watchable. Yeah. I, I think the sci-fi elements and the fact that I never saw the original kept me interested just because I wanted to see what would happen. Okay. But I didn't feel like the movie was all that awesome. Hmm. Uh, the Fifth Estate. That's the Julian Assange movie. <laughs> timely. Is it uh, Benedict Cumberbatch? Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It is timely. Well, you got to do an update now, right? Sequel time. Yeah. Well, that's why you don't do movies like this during the middle. Somebody of is what's already happening. writing a movie about the Notre Dame Cathedral. <sighs> this is that's just who we are. Yeah. 
that yeah. we see I, dollar signs in everything. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Put out your movie. That's fine. I'm just not going to watch it. Yeah. I don't. I, I agree with you. Julian Assange's story isn't even close to being over yet. Yeah, like even the creation of WikiLeaks isn't interesting enough uh, to me if it's not implemented the way because the story well, doesn't include all the shit that happened in 2016. Imagine if you Ecuador made a stuff. Chelsea Manning movie after she got out of jail. Right. And now she's back in. Yeah. And you made it too soon. Her story's not done being told. Now, you can make an argument, though, for the social network. That story certainly was far from over. But I think that part of the rise of Facebook was so integral to society in 2010, 2009, 2010. 2010. 2010. But I also don't think that movie is about the rise of Facebook anywhere near as much as, it, as it's about those two friends and the fracturing of their friendship. Right. Over essentially grief. Yeah. Um, so I'm and, arguing with myself. Yeah, they basically. weren't really making the Facebook movie with that. Right, right, right. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you in general. We, we, we are making movies about public events and tragedies way too fast. We've been doing it way before even 9-11 but 9-11 is a good example because oh, yeah. oliver stone came out with uh world trade yep mm -hmm. and then he had united, united 93 that came out five years after um then we have uh the happy hooker goes to washington i have not seen this it came out in 1977 and it has a 2.8 on the imdb <laughs> i mean the title alone sounds delightful <laughs> it uh it's about a, a famous madam who was called to washington to testify before congress she's a whore manager what'd you say a whore wrangler <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> a whore master a master <laughs> Uh, then we have Heartburn, Jack Nicholson, Meryl Streep. I think Mike Nichols directed this. Oh, that sounds too perfect to not be true. It. I have never seen it either. Uh, uh, yeah, it's Mike Nichols. This is Nora Ephron. Uh, it's based on Nora Ephron's marriage to, um, Carl Bernstein. Oh, yeah, yeah. That so. was something that I, I found out. Uh, what was it? Was there a, Oh, it was a Nora Ephron documentary that was oh, on really? HBO that I oh, was yeah, watching, yeah, I and they brought—I was like, "Whoa, whoa! How, how did those <laughs> two get together?" And Carl Bernstein had like two other like amazing uh, either girlfriends or wives that you were like, "Wow, I did not know that." Yeah. I just did not know. Yeah. That. Uh, but no, I've never seen Heartburn. I probably should. With Jeff that, Daniels is in this with Stark that kind of pedigree. Yeah, Milos Forman is acting in this. Actually. Nice. Yeah uh how do you know oh you, is this that reese witherspoon bullshit no this is uh isn't this james l brooks it is james l brooks and i may have seen this um this is one of those valentine's day he's not that into you type of uh type of movies uh, that has every jack oh it is reese witherspoon yeah reese witherspoon paul like, rudd owen wilson jack nicholson katherine hahn oh she's dating paul rudd is Okay, I just actually saw 20 minutes of this literally a couple days ago, <laughs> and it was boring. Yeah. Uh, Owen Wilson is a baseball, well, some kind of ball player, yep. uh -huh. and she's dating him, uh, but he's terrible. And Paul Rudd is about to be indicted on securities fraud, and Jack Nicholson is his dad, who can't lend him the money because he's also on the board of the company. It's boring. It was boring. She's like kind of going, it's like a meet cute with Paul Rudd, and she just broke up with Owen Wilson, so she's not sure she's ready for another thing, and I turned away after like 20 minutes. It's so weird. James L. Brooks, this guy doesn't make bad shit generally. Not generally. Yeah, no. but he's one of those guys who made all of his good, like Rob Reiner, made a lot of his stuff early, and then ever since the 90s hit, 
I mean, Reiner got a, got a few couple, got a couple hits there in the '90s, but James L. Brooks sort of his last big one was as good as it gets, and that came mm -hmm. out in the '90s. So like everything else that he's done from broadcast news, in between that and as good as it gets, and then after as good as it gets. Well, and I went through a phase after I okay as good as it gets came out. I discovered broadcast news because of as good as it gets. And oh, I really? Went on a James L. Brooks kick. But it's like I love I love Trouble, um, uh, and all his movies are okay or charming. It's just like the great ones seem to be further back in the past, and the newest stuff not so much. Yeah, let's see. see yeah, with, he doesn't have very many. One with Nick Nolte is that the I Love Trouble? Yeah, that's uh, I'll do anything. I'll do. They, they both came out the same year, by the way. <laughs> I, I I have the same problem. Uh, uh, I think I'll do anything is the one that was supposed to be the musical. Oh or, yeah, 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 yeah uh and then and then they cut it all out uh but yeah he's only got six movies he's directed and uh mm. and how do you know spanglish was the other one. Oh wow and so like spanglish no i was i was okay with spanglish so he had done terms of endearment broadcast news then it was i'll do anything then it was as good as it gets spanglish how do you know and his writing he's got 40 credits as a writer of course the simpsons is in there too but uh taxi tracy allman show all that but I don't think there's any movies he's done that were directed by other people. Hmm. Uh, then we have uh, Justice League Dark. I never saw this. I know we send it. Oh, you didn't see it? I hadn't seen it either. Did you watch it? Maybe. <laughs> I feel like if you not, neither of you did, then I must have. But This I, could have been one where we had Aaron and Jonathan on it. and Usually one of us back that far one of us would have been on there mm -hmm. with them yeah. but i don't remember seeing it at all uh i don't know uh i i, I can't recall <laughs> well all of those things i mean I, I guess like killing joke stands out but like justice league dark and uh flashpoint paradox and all See, that I, stuff Flashpoint, i know i wrote for that mm. so i don't know i don't remember watching we both justice were on that one dark. we yeah. were both on flashpoint uh yeah i don't i yeah all right, so then there's Live Wire, uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan. I've never seen this. Uh, Logan's Run, a uh, yeah. 1970s movie with uh, Michael, what's his name? Okay, it, I have a theory about this Michael movie. York. I think it's impossible to get into Logan's Run if you did not watch it back during the era when cardboard was an acceptable special effect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because this came on a, a couple weeks ago. I'd never seen it. Mm-hmm. And I watched it. I was pretty mesmerized, but I was giggling in every scene. Yeah. At the set and the costumes. The sci-fi is still from the 60s almost, even yeah. though this came out in 1970s. Yeah. They, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess the 70s still didn't... Until Star Wars really came in, it wasn't really uh, an idea of making an actual, like, flesh and blood type of set. Yeah. It's uh, funny. It actually got a special Academy Award for visual effects. Because, of course, it did. Well, and that's the thing. When it came out, it probably looked fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, Logan's Run is uh, is one of those movies where you have people growing up in this, like, enclosed society, and they think that they're going to go to something bigger, kind of like what the island did mm -hmm. later on. Um, it's like the island meets the, the, not the Maze Runner, but the one with Triss. I know that name. I don't know what in the movie is. <laughs> it's Tristan Four, and it's uh, fucking I, I shit. I am number four? No. The 
one in Chicago with... Oh, isn't that Divergent? Divergent. Oh, <laughs> Divergent <laughs> meets the island, basically. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, they, they, it's, they, they think that they're going... They, I, I can't remember if this is like the lottery that they do in the island... But there's this idea that there's going to be this, this, you know, this, uh, higher a level that they'll be able to get to. And, uh, they, and it's, it's, it's York and somebody else end up breaking out of it. Yeah. Well, what, as I remember it, they, everyone gets killed at, at once you reach a certain age. Yes. And he and the girl break out and become runners. Right. Because they don't want to just submit to death. Yes. And then it's them chasing them. And that is correct. On and on, they get to a certain age. Get to a certain age, and and they and they die, and then they they run, and then they run, and they find out that they're much like Planet of the Apes or something like that. They're actually in this like you know old DC whatever, like um, everything's covered in like moss and crap and whatever. Awesome. Is that, I don't know. I got I got a little bit stoned. I can't quite remember. <laughs> the, yeah, I think they end up going to like Library of Congress or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I, can, I, can need a I don't know. I'll probably get all the Logan's Run fans out there on Facebook saying, "What the fuck?" All dude? the Justice League. Well, dark and fans they exist. Now, Logan's there are Logan's Run stands out there because yeah. for a while Brian Singer was going to remake it. Um, probably not happening anymore. But mm-hmm. when that was announced, a lot of people were super excited to yeah. to see that story get a modern like effects um retelling. it sounds like it's right up my alley i may yeah, have to check that you out might, you might enjoy it. I've, I've got it if you want to borrow it uh we can also talk about james earl jones's the man yeah so this is uh <laughs> i hadn't seen this before but reading about it is really interesting he uh james earl jones becomes the president of the united states first african-american president this is like 1972 first african-american president and first president to uh be unelected to assume the presidency without being elected for like the the somebody died ahead of him a bunch of things happened ahead of him like Mm. Kiefer sutherland yes (laughs) and designated survivor that's right which is also a ripoff of that clancy book jack ryan became the president because he he was a designated survivor yeah he goes over to the the non capitol building and then the Japanese people in the book mm-hmm. flew a plane into the Capitol building, killed all the senators and Congress people. Ah. Only guy left alive in the line of succession, Jack Ryan. Was he was CIA like a, director? Yeah, he was like NSA mm. um, advisor or whatever to the president. How dare you, sir? How dare you, sir? <laughs> um, yeah, in Logan's Run, they end up in the Senate building, not oh, the Congress. Cool. Wow. Not the Congress, uh, uh, Library of Congress. Uh, no Way Out, a movie I probably should have seen. I haven't. Oh, the Costner one? Yep. You... It's right up your alley, buddy. Yeah? You dig it the most. Yeah? Military, murder intrigue. Um, Sean Young. Sean Young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not to be overlooked, Sean Young. I think... Uh, uh, it's good, man. I think you dig it. It's uh, early Costner, but it's... Uh, it, like, he he stumbled into really good shit early. Like, because he's in Silverado, and mm-hmm. he's in this. Like, oh, early. shit. Gene Hackman's in it, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. baby. And uh, Will Patton. Uh, Roger Donaldson of uh, Species and Cocktail fame directed it. Uh, yeah, Fred Thompson did this too. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a movie that it's one of those um, walked by it and blockbuster uh, type movies that I wasn't old enough to see and yeah. then <laughs> totally forgot about by the time I was old enough. But it's something that still does come up every once in a while, and I guess I'll I'll watch it now. 
uh pixels this is a terrible movie yeah fucking stay away yeah very very bad uh yeah the the you know yeah you have these video game alien characters come down kevin james is the president yeah he has a friend adam sandler who was once good at video games yeah, back once, in the day. like 35 years ago yeah mm-hmm. and they they want they need him to to battle the the video game aliens peter dinklage is also in it yeah he plays he basically plays dude from king of kong nice in this oh billy uh billy billy mitchell yeah basically plays billy mitchell um Um, yeah now there was a short like on youtube that somebody made and this is basically a full like length adaptation of that they just took this there's a beautiful little animated short about pixelated video game characters attacking earth Mm mm-hmm and some like those Geico cavemen. Somebody was like, "We need to make that into a whole movie." <laughs> Who's the best person? Sandler, yeah. Sandler yes. and crew. Perfect. We want this to be the laziest movie ever. I hated this movie. <laughs> yeah. I, had to, I had to send this movie. I hated the movie. Uh, I I know. I think this. I I think I send it. Um, and it was with the. Uh, we had a couple other writers at the time. Oh, I didn't send it. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Although I, it, it may have been one of those weird configurations where you did, and then I looked over it, or I don't know what it was. Well, I know I watched it. I can't think of any reason but, uh, I would watch the movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I did too. The same, same here. Uh, then, uh, then we have Philomena, uh, which is uh, Judy Dench, Steve Coogan movie. I never saw this. Um, I hear good things. Uh, it's, uh, I guess, uh, Coogan is a journalist who. Uh, who picks up a story about a woman looking for her son. Uh, and I think, uh, I think Judy Dench, who much like any, anybody who has, has, you know, has her kind of acclaim and everything probably got nominated for this. She got nominated. The movie got nominated for best picture. It did. It best did. adapted screenplay and best actress and best original score for, uh, Alexander Desplat. Uh, then we have state of play i and this is the movie that jeremy talked about a bunch the other day i mean the telephone many months ago uh i've seen this but i don't remember much about it and and we talked a lot about it on one of these episodes right yeah it's not the russell crowe leo movie it's the russell crowe affleck right and and i believe jeremy you you talked a lot about state of play Mm mm-hmm couple months ago mm-hmm. or something like that it's mm-hmm. not a jack ryan movie is it no no oh, okay no it's just it's bad okay it's bad intrigue bad <laughs> intrigue um here's here's a movie that is is frightfully on your didn't see list strangers on a train yep this movie is awesome this is a hitchcock this is a top five level hitchcock movie yep um uh if you've seen throw mama from the train mm-hmm it's taking throw mama from the train as a takeoff of that um i have seen throw mama from a train uh, i haven't seen this classic but i've seen that yeah. awful billy crystal i mean it's two guys that meet on a train and decide to help each other kill somebody else right mm. yeah uh and and one of them it, the one of them thinks it's just kind of a joke and the other one really does want to do this and so he actually goes through with it like you know and throw mama from the train danny devito thinks he got he did it mm-hmm. but he didn't mm-hmm. uh and uh and in this one the guy actually does and there's that anytime you see a, a a clip of strangers on a train you see the scene of them being at the u.s open back then at a different and it played in a different place but uh the 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 main bad guy 
uh, is watching. There's a tennis match going on, and he's just watching the other guy. Oh, and yeah. everybody else's heads are moving back and it's forth. Fucking classic. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I got to actually uh, show this movie uh, when uh, when I was in New York. Uh, oh, yeah. Some special showing of it where they actually did a reel to reel presentation of it and ah. everything. So I got to run that. Did uh, you see? The Malton Fest, Leonard and Jesse Malton's film festival in May, is going to close out with Bella Lugosi's own personal print of cr- Bella Lugosi meets a Manhattan, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, uh, Manhattan, Brooklyn <laughs> Godzilla, Brooklyn monster <laughs> alien, something. But it's literally the print that Bella Lugosi himself owned. Really? And they're going to roll it up real, real and show that bitch at the end of the Malton wow. Fest. <laughs> like, how awesome is that? That's, uh, it's, it's cool when they do these type of things. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that that print will probably be in pretty good condition. Yeah, I would guess. The, the strangers on the train thing, like they, they gave this whole, I can't remember who the studio was, but they had this whole thing like, well, you can't platter mount it because we don't want it to get scratched. Okay. That's understandable. But then you go into the reels and you've seen that everybody who has had it has cut off that reference frame yeah. and they keep cutting new reference frames each time. Yeah. And I'm like, if you're going to give an edict about platters, why don't you give an edict about not cutting so many goddamn <laughs> reference frames off? Because Jesus. when the reels ending, it's like a whole second is gone. Oh, you know? wow. Um, it's Bella Lugosi meets a Brooklyn gorilla excellent yes that excellent. sounds enticing <laughs> yes it does uh then we have talk to me the don Cheadle uh movie this is right after J- uh, martin luther king gets shot or malcolm X. i can't remember which one it is oh the radio one it's the radio one i liked this yeah i don't think i've saw it though um i just remember don Cheadle doing radio stuff and not and getting in trouble for it yeah um, yeah it's it's over a, a span of time like the 60s to the 80s oh, it probably does feature okay because you know, the, the in the trailer that's the main thing they features he's kind of like this i guess he's an outrageous kind of dj but then something like that happens and then he becomes the voice of of you know what everybody's thinking yeah. at the time and everything um i started this movie and really 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 wanted to watch it because i heard it, it got good reviews and i heard good things but you like it yeah i liked it a lot uh three days of the condor um another one i can't believe i haven't seen i haven't seen it either god damn it yeah i have the sneakers kind of well i don't know if sneakers takes off on this it may it may be slight homage you know in sneakers the event the robert redford eventual robert redford character goes out for pizza and the ben kingsley character gets caught while he's gone in three days of the condor robert redford is playing this like they're 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 playing he's playing in this sort of government agency that they they're not really doing anything that they think is all that important Mm. and he goes out to get everybody lunch in the meantime that he goes out to get everybody lunch somebody comes in and just kills everybody in his Mm. and then so he comes back and he's like you know what the fuck and then somebody you know takes him away and tells him this is what's going on this is why this is happening uh faye dunaway i believe well maybe i don't know if it's faye dunaway uh but um yeah so it's uh it's sydney pollock director yeah uh this is a really good movie uh i haven't seen it in forever so i can't remember what exactly the there was something that they were researching that was about to get out and it, they didn't think much they weren't like on this like this is the super amazing case or anything they just 
they're just like everyday work yeah, thing. yeah can you imagine that like you're just you're doing something that's like you don't even think there's anything big about it and then you, everybody in your building it's shot over it yeah yes. yeah this is this is right up my alley Sydney pollock robert redford like political thriller like everything about this i should have yeah, watched i want to watch it yeah uh this is really really good i would i would highly recommend three are there any the condors in it there are no condors that I remember. <laughs> condors are the largest flying bird, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. And my parents went to the Grand Canyon and saw some. Yeah. Condors. <laughs> condors. Uh, if Rob- I were to recreate condors, <laughs> you would have nothing to say. <laughs> oh, Robert Redford's code name is Condor. Oh, I figured it was a code name. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, then there is, I never saw this, Tora, Tora, Tora is a 1941. Oh, this is a... This is a Pearl Harbor movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've never seen it. It's got uh, Martin Balsam, Jason Robards, Joseph Cotton. Yeah, it's one of those like iconic war movies that yeah. I just haven't, uh, haven't gotten. Well, yeah. the title screams war movie, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> I thought it was a bullfighting movie. I'm not going to lie. It does. It does feel that way. It does feel that way. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Especially <laughs> when you said 1941. Yeah. I don't know. It's Spanish. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the feminine version. <laughs> We all, I speak English, damn it. Um, but uh, no, never seen Tor Tor Tor. So anyway, uh, I'm sure it's good. I love that song, though. Never mind. I was going to make a Tony, Tony, Tony joke, but it's probably not worth it. <laughs> there is Tura Lura Lura, right? Well, there was that song where they said, Tony, Tony, Tony has done it. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah, I was going to do Tor Tor Tor. <laughs> And that's going to do it for this week. Uh, keep going to uh, uh, Sincast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. Uh, CinemaSins Twitter. Uh, Discord. We have a Discord. Uh, lately, I haven't been seeing much on Discord. Yeah, come on and party. Party with not, uh, Chris. We'll I'm, try to I'm log not on certain too. about that. Uh, maybe it's because I'm, we don't like just super interact. I, I go there to... The only reason only thing that i will gravitate towards is if you have my name tagged mm-hmm. in there then i can sort of respond if you want me to respond oh, okay and it's it, it's it's best that you just go ahead and do that because a lot of times i'll be like going through this and you guys are like talking about some things that i, I really don't want to or have anything to contribute to so uh I, I would like to see some more discord if you guys are out there Bring it. uh there's uh, a million ways to come and uh, talk to talk to us about this very episode and we will get to washington state next time woohoo before we say that, we can adjudicate this here. Do you want to do a summer movie preview on yeah. the next one? Yeah, we should. Because otherwise, that. since Avengers is next week, yeah, we should do that. Um, but yeah, we'll get to on the next stop on the road trip. Yeah, we'll so the so we'll be doing a summer uh, a summer preview on the next episode. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be talking about all that stuff. There's a yeah. I mean, everybody's going to know about Avengers Endgame. Everybody will have seen it by the time mm-hmm. we do. That. But what will be this summer's stealth? yeah <laughs> the 130 million dollar flop oh there will be many i'm sure uh but that'll do it for this week it's chris agnes and jeremy scott and bear share we'll see you next time thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page check us out on youtube twitter facebook and reddit and be sure to visit cinemasins.com I do think it's funny though when we we look at some singular <laughs> moment in history and and say that's where it all began mm-hmm. and everything because I don't I don't know if I <laughs> totally believe that yet
but it is kind of weird. They haven't been back since. And they've had somewhat the same team. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, they still had Quenville for up until last year's when he got fired, right? But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Quenville got fired this year, I think. Oh, it was this year. Yeah. yeah this season. Yeah. Yeah. He's now been hired he, now again. he hired by Florida. <laughs> uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, how everybody says, uh, uh, Nirvana's Nevermind killed hair metal. Mm-hmm. Like, you can make an argument. You can make a strong argument for that. Yeah. Uh, I just feel it, like it had to a, have been more than that. Yeah, but that, I feel like there's got to be other elements that we don't we're not considering in a lot of this. I mean, they they, they do that with players too. Baseball, like uh, you know, a relief pitcher gives us a big home run in the playoffs, and then he's never the same again. And it's like, well, that was the reason right there. He gave up that homer. Yeah. Well, it's it's the natural or fucking major league or that kind of thing. I actually I, I blazed through School of Rock yesterday, and uh, you you blazed. Yeah. I wish I should have blazed through it. Actually, it's a, it's a delightful movie, but there's some there's some weird shit. Like at the beginning of that movie, like Dewey's good. Like he's a really good guitar player. Like he's soloing and he's doing like a badass job. And but the band like objectively sucks, not just because of his antics and all that stuff. Everybody says this band sucks, right? Mm-hmm. So then they get Spider, the model dude with the weird cut off sleeves, the shirt thing that he wears. Mm-hmm. They get him in there. He's a fucking guitarist. And then they come back like three weeks later and win the fucking battle of the bands easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is, is Spider made this whole band yeah, like no. legitimate? Yeah, it's your it's your bad news bears <laughs> moment. <laughs> totally, man. Like all we have to do is get that one picture. <laughs> They're the same fucking band. They just have like a dude strumming. It's not like he's even soloing. He's just strumming in the background. That's you awesome. said the natural and what else? Uh, what was it? Major League. Yeah, Major League. The yeah, net, yeah. The Major League. Charlie the Sheen. Major League. Charlie Sheen. As long as we get this one guy who pitches one inning, we're good. <laughs> hey, you want to know what I'm upset about while you pull up the shit? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Coke has this orange vanilla Coke flavor now. What? I've never heard of this. <laughs> uh, it's the, this is part of my frustration. This is the first new major Coke flavor in like 20 years, 30 years that I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I cannot buy. A single can or bottle in the grocery store. This shit has been out for a month and a half now, and they are only trying. Now, I I haven't been inside a gas station in years, so they may have them individually in there. But, like, you can go to Kroger and buy an individual 20-ounce Coke in a cooler. They got Mm -hmm. hundreds of them, Mm -hmm. dozens of them. But Orange Vanilla Coke, I can only buy in 12-pack of cans or a six-pack of um, bottles. I don't oh, want to commit have... that hard. So you haven't had one? No, because I want to know it's good before I buy 12 of them. Why don't they have a like, single individual one? Because they want you to buy 12, and by the time you've drank all 12, which you will do because you spent the money on it, you'll be used to it enough to think you like it. That's fucked up, and I'll tell you why. Because we had that conversation about Diet Coke flavors, the new Diet Coke flavors yeah. that came out. So I'm like, I'm looking at it, and I don't see anything that really like piques my interest except for the spicy black cherry. I'm mm. like, I like spicy shit. I yeah. like black cherry. That I like sounds delicious. Coke. Right? Get it home, pop that thing up, and it's in the tall cans and everything, so I feel like fancy. Yeah. And that is the worst fucking thing I've ever put in my mouth. Really? And I've put some awful shit in my mouth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all, I still have. I bought it like a year and a half ago when we had this conversation before Derby of last year. And it's still sitting up on the refrigerator. Oh, no. There's only one missing. See, I feel like if they were had a comp, if they were confident that this flavor was going to be popular, they would put it out in singles first. Here, it's awesome. You're going to try one. You'll come back. 
but I don't think they're confident. I think they're pretty confident. I've heard good things. Have you heard good? Th- have you? I had haven't it? heard anything about it. I've heard good things. I, I had, had other an orange ads. I had an orange tinged Pepsi. Pepsi used to make these like throwback cans. This was like two years ago of like Pepsi 1909 or whatever. Yeah, one yeah. was like ginger cola and one was orange cola. The orange cola one was badass. It was awesome. They stopped making it. Was it just orange cola with like a tiny bit of Pepsi flavor or was it like Pepsi flavor like with Pepsi a little bit of orange? with a little bit of orange. It was good? Yeah. I want to try I this orange you, vanilla Coke. I'm, I'm not buying a goddamn 12 pack. <laughs> Go to a gas station. I will, I'm going to bring you one next was, time, next week. That was an interesting thing <laughs> that uh, they discovered. I think uh, Coke discovered when they came out with uh, with new Coke. Actually, no, it wasn't the new Coke. It was Pepsi, the Pepsi Challenge. Ah, uh, there was this this thing that that was happening where they were doing they were doing actual Pepsi challenges back in the eighties and everything, and and people would would take a sip and they say they prefer Pepsi, and 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 Pepsi was finding oh, generally people are picking Pepsi here. Um, but uh, but then Coke still ended up being way way more sold and mm-hmm. and everything. And they were wondering why that was. If we're better, then why is that the case? And the the idea is is that people don't take a sip of something and say I'm 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 with that for life. They mm. buy something at the store and have it in their house, and they get to try it over <laughs> a week, and that's how they decide whether or not they like it. Mm. And uh, and obviously Pepsi was getting bought, and then people would be like, eh, I still like Coke better. Yeah. You know, even after the Pepsi Challenge told them that they liked Pepsi better. I'll take the fucking Pepsi Challenge with that Amsterdam bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shit was everywhere. Like, I don't think people realize the Pepsi Challenge commercials. Like, I got nervous going to the grocery store because I was afraid Pepsi was going to be there and I was going to be on camera taking the Pepsi Challenge for one of these. Those commercials were fucking everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> They're hiding in street corners like ready to jump out. I mean, it seemed Taste like that. they were in every grove. I, mean, I was, what, nine? I don't know how old I was, but I was young enough to think maybe they are in every single grocery. I don't want to be on TV. That reminds me of that John Mulaney joke where he's talking about how uh and he's like i grew up thinking that uh thinking that the biggest danger in the world was quicksand (laughs) 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 yeah because it was in every cartoon (laughs) well and even even princess pride and even a lot of like tv shows like there's a lot of quicksand i'm pretty sure macgyver was in quicksand at least once did you ever watch alan quartermain in the lost city of gold no do you remember this uh, richard it's rich is it richard harris i think it is richard harris but uh i remember the name of it i don't know if i ever saw it it was a discount indiana jones yeah but it was it didn't have like the the allusions to sex and allusions to violence and stuff like that it was super like sanitary Mm. g-rated so of course i could watch it like you guys um and uh there was a lot of quicksand in that movie too and i was like (laughs) god damn it uh alan quartermain and wait alan quartermain isn't sharon stone in that I believe so. Richard Chamberlain. Richard Chamberlain. Ah. James Earl Jones. This was 1986. Uh, Sharon Stone, Henry Silva, uh, and that's about it. Ooh. But yeah. Sharon Stone must have been like 27, 26, 27. Yeah, young as hell. Yeah, 1986. But yeah, it was a funny... I'd be interested in watching it now. It's got a 4.4 4 on IMDb. Oh, damn. <laughs> that's not good. So the other Catherine Bray uh, movie was called Anatomy of Hell. Mm-hmm. And it's a porno. It's it's like it's basically porn. Oh, it, Rocco Sifredi 
Oh yeah, who is a yeah. like an Italian porn yeah. magnet. Uh, he plays like a dramatic role in this, mm-hmm. but all the sex is unsimulated, and it's not a gimmick because it's told from a very feminist perspective. Like she oh, makes so it's him from their do, perspective. Yeah, it's from the female protagonist. She he's a gigolo. She rents him for three nights, and she's like, "You're going to do whatever I want you to do. You are going to." live the female experience essentially and it's not it's not like stupid cross-dressing or anything like that like it's through sexuality and it's fucked up yeah yeah it's good in that it it forces a perspective on you especially a feminist perspective but it's 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 wild Mm -hmm. it's Um, wild can i jerk off to it I would not. <laughs> you could. I, I asked if I could, not yeah. if you would. You could. But, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Awesome. I'm, I'm always fascinated by those those type of movies just because the actors involved are really taking a huge risk I when should, they do that. I should say that he is unsimulated the the brea actually puts a, a a title card at the beginning saying that the super intimate scenes were using a body double for the woman oh uh, okay so it's kind of like nymphomaniac a, a little bit because which i still don't know how they did by yeah the way. i don't either i think in nymphomaniac he's he's basically using two different actors in all of those scenes but like he cuts it in such a way that it makes it look like it's them yeah oh yeah and it might be just digital Im- digital imposition over the you know their faces or whatever I don't know it's seamless and and God bless you can have the best of both worlds you know it, the best of both worlds yeah if you do want to do like a nude scene or or like a sex scene or something like that you can get that impact because I think that could that is kind of impactful if it's used correctly mm-hmm. but then you don't have to as an actor or an a- actress you don't have to actually participate in that yeah yeah um, did you know in the Passion of the Christ that <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. Dang it! Yeah, we don't even have to finish it. <laughs> Dang it! Uh, by the way, Best of Both Worlds is a fantastic two-part Next Generation episode. Star Trek. That's where they kidnap Picard and turn him into a boy. Oh, yeah, yeah I've seen that's it. right. I was about yeah. to say that's. Oh, that's fucking awesome. very familiar. That's one of the few that I've actually seen. It was the it was the cliffhanger uh, between seasons either three and four or four and five I oh think it, was four and five. it was between seasons so it, and yeah it ended the season with the cliffhanger and then the premiere the next what was, season what was his borg name locutus yeah i and am locutus doesn't it locutus end with him saying resistance is futile yeah, yeah he like goes that. i am locutus <laughs> he's got a borg <laughs> resistance is futile and then, and then will Riker goes awesome far <laughs> <laughs> have we did we did we ever talk about ides of march no, it's an Ohio movie because he's governor of Ohio. I literally was thinking about this driving back from the last podcast because well, I, I was like, isn't, isn't that, is that the Gosling Clooney? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's but, the one where he covers up the, the pregnancy. Yes. And all that. Yeah. But in the Kevin first Rachel half Wood. of the movie, he uh, Gosling is trying to push Clooney's governor character to go all in on mandatory service years for 18 year olds whether mm-hmm. it's military or education or peace corps or what have you everybody once they turn 18 has to do two years of service and gosling is saying everyone older than that is going to vote for this and everyone who hates this cannot vote 
You, <laughs> yeah. you cannot lose with it. And, and I just saw yesterday that Mayor Pete Buttigieg is floating two years really? of, of yeah of service to your country. Now he also served. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, I, um, I just thought that was kind of fascinating. I wonder if he watched that movie. Do you remember that movie very much? Yeah, I just saw it two days ago. Did you like it? No. It's it's super watchable though, right? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But if it wanted, if it was gonna, it needs to either stick to the election shit and the behind the scenes stuff there, or stick to the scandal and the pregnancy and the romance. And it's trying to do both, yeah, and weave them together. And Philip Seymour Hoffman gets fucked in this. Sure movie. does. <laughs> there was a there was a point where there, I think. I think Gosling asks Evan Rachel Woods to meet him at the stairs or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I was watching this with, this is horrible. You're going to cut this out. <laughs> uh, the, um, you may have, you may want to cut this out. You may want to keep it. I don't know. Uh, but I was, uh, at Hollywood 27 when we were watching this movie, I was watching it with a couple other managers and he says, meet me at the stairs. And I turned to the guy and I said, I'm going to push you down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, keep yeah. it. No, that's I great. Won't keep it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit.